0: Thank you. Hey, everybody, welcome to We've Got Ward, a doof media podcast series where we expertly dissect and discuss Ward while those return to the world of parahumans. My name is Matt Freeman, critical, important, team leader, maverick. And this is my co host, Scott Daly. Bloodstrike.
1: If I touch you, I die. Wait, you die. Matt, is it I die or you die? <laughs> This is the weekly podcast where Matt and I eagerly dive into Wildbo's world of shout sniping, Jeff the Nice Number Boy, and alien-based death powers as we analyze and interpret this ongoing web serial. This week, dying continues with, unsurprisingly, a whole lot of dying in chapters 15.8 and the second interlude of the arc, 15.x. First, with the help of Sveta, the entire group realizes that the hidden option D was, fuck you, you do it. And they all go with that one. Under the orders from an annoyed contestant, Victoria and Rain successfully ensure Vale 4 won't be back for Parahumans 3. Then, it's another POV hopping interlude as we experience what it's like to be a teacher flunky, what it's like to be a saint flunky, and finally, what it's like to be an irrationality flunky. Matt, what did you think of these two chapters?
0: Oh, man. This arc is hard for me to take. It's, it's, too, it's too intense, and moral <laughs> quandaries and the risk and the horrible things happening to everyone and I'm just so worried and upset all the time and I'm just anxious and it's just it I I just want to find out what happens next.
1: So so you you like it? Yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um I think I kinda one of the interesting things that I think I'm gonna try to focus on a little bit this week is in all of our like discussion of who's right and who's wrong in the moral quandaries that we've been thrown at, we kind of, like, missed the whole part where, regardless, this is, like, just narratively an amazing situation to throw our characters in, right? Like, like remove how you feel about it, like, morally aside. Like, it's just a smart thing to do to your characters. And I think that's something that I, I don't think we stated last week, but I think is worth stating.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's one of those things where... When you look back on Ward, I feel confident that this this moment, this added complexity of, you know, a a moral quandary on par with anything from any of the other parahuman stories, um, yet fitting into that context perfectly as this interesting twist, uh, it's going to make it's going to feel, you know, of a piece with this story, basically.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Um, so before we get into the chapters, uh, we do have uh, a pretty cool announcement this week. Yeah. So uh, we have just announced that uh, the new show uh, "Do the Right Thing" will be part of the Doof Network going forward. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. You want, so, so you want to explain
1: kind of what this is?
0: Yeah. What's so it? do uh, Do the Right Thing is a writing prompt podcast where. Um, you, you listen, you basically every week they'll put up uh, a list of four words and you can pick three of them and then you write a story in 30 minutes, including your three words that you chose, and then you can share it and they'll talk that they will try to talk about it on their podcast. And then they'll also do their own stories. Um, it's a really fun idea. And, um, some of those things I just said might sound familiar. If you're familiar <laughs> with the so-called writer's podcast that me and Michael formerly did, um, but I have to tell you that the, the hosts of do the right thing are really taking it to new and interesting places and really exploring the format in ways that Michael and I never did. For one thing, they have guests on really, really often, yeah, which, um, I think just really livens it up and, uh, makes it, makes it frankly more entertaining to listen to. I mean, if you were a fan of so-called writers, definitely please check out, um, do the right thing. If you've never heard of so-called writers, or you hated so-called writers check it out anyway because um i mean it's really it's really fun to listen to even if you haven't written a story and then if you if you do write a story along with them it's it it adds obviously a whole new dimension to it and um you know i think i think writing a short story every week is an excellent exercise that everyone should do yeah um, i mean not everyone, but like every, every aspiring writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, sure.
1: Yeah, I I am so excited about this. These guys, you know, I was sad. I always loved the idea of so-called writers and I was very sad when you guys just didn't have the bandwidth to do it anymore. Although, of course, I understood. Um, these guys approached us a few months ago and said, hey, we we like your podcast idea. We want to do it. Do you mind? And we were like, absolutely not. Knock yourself out go for it. Um, and they did. And then, uh, they've been doing, I think they did episode 17. So they've been doing 17 episodes. They've been really killing it. Um, we had to get them aboard and we did. And, uh, it's, it's exciting. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. I really think, I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of writers out here that enjoy Wild Bo's work. Cause I think it's, I don't, Is it wrong to say it's like a writerly story, right? Like I think it's just a story that writers appreciate.
0: Sure. Seems like it. I yeah. mean, you just have to look at the amount of fan fiction and that sure. seems 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 likely. Yeah. So, um, so ju- just to clarify, I mean, there's going to be links in all the things, but it's do the right thing. W.R.I.T.E. Yes. Not um, the spikely
1: joint. The that's
0: that's correct. The writing. Um, and you can find the, the word prompts on Reddit dot com slash R slash do the right thing again. W.R.I.T.E. Um, and I think you could probably find them on any, any old podcast feed by just searching for that name.
1: Yeah. And they're eventually going to be on the doof media website. Um, we only have their latest episode up now. We've got to go back through and fill in the backlog, but, uh, you will be able to find all the episodes at doofmedia.com. So give it a try. We strongly suggest it. We love it. Um, hope you guys do too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really, really happy to have those guys aboard. Absolutely. All right. Let's get on into these chapters, Scott. All right. So 15.8, and last week we left our team in the middle of this exposed arena in the interior of the building. Um, it's an awesome visual set piece, by the way. The air is so full of dust that every light source creates its own nimbus of light around it. Uh, and we have our vaguely good-aligned capes continuing to struggle with their decision as they take cover from the onslaught.
1: <laughs> vaguely good-aligned capes. Didn't want to say heroes. Just you know the yeah the the goodish
0: yeah. I mean, I've realized that I that I keep using the word heroes and I'm describing like heartbroken and undersiders. And I'm hey, like, OK, these words have to mean something, right? Like They're
1: our heroes.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, I kind of see the undersiders as the, the real heroes, you know. <laughs> so
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love I love your description of that. I love the word nimbus. I don't think that's a word that the the text itself uses, but I think that's really fitting. Um, this kind of this, this glow, this, and, and it it helps really that all the lighting in here is emergency lighting. So it's all red tinted. So it's this kind of ominous, like red glow amongst the dust. Um, it's going to be really creepy. Like like I can imagine this is really creepy, um, like overwhelming thing. And I, I, I really think like it's the perfect place to set, these choices that they're about to have to make, right? Like yeah. this is, it's time now. It's time to make the choice. And here you're, you're here.
0: Right. And this, this, you know, the image of all these projectiles flying through the air and yeah. being followed by, yeah. yeah. So I did a, I did a search and wild Blow does actually use the word Nimbus at least once somewhere in there. So that was probably what like lodged in my brain subconsciously. But yeah, I mean, it's a great, There's a lot of great descriptive writing in both of these chapters, actually.
1: Man, now I feel bad complimenting you. I retract my compliment, (laughs) and I I transfer it. it. I send it right where it belongs,
0: like scapegoat. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, One of the other elements I really latched onto here is like the almost immediacy at which the bad guys respond to everything that just happened. Right. So, like, custodian has just like destroyed a huge section of the facility, right? Like she just like knocked some shit out and a lot of it crashed down. Um, and what we see in these moments is like, there's evacuation shoots, like slides being blown up and deployed like immediately. Like there's this water bucket line of guns being handed out to all the different thralls. There's just this level of preparedness here that despite the chaos that's happening, the people are, our, our heroes are fighting against have right. like, they're just here and they're just ready to go. And I think that that's interesting when kind of compared to our heroes and Love Lost, um, who are, you know, they're just generally really reactive, right? Like we've talked about how, victoria and and heroism is generally just reactive anyway right you just like wait till someone does something wrong and then you punish them for it but here in this battle they're like totally reactive they walk into a room there's enemies there the enemy makes a move against them and then they react to it um and i think the weird thing about this is like Contessa's here now and so Contessa's power is proactive like that's kind of what it is but because they're she's in control they're just they're just doing what she tells them to do and reacting. And so I think that's a really interesting like contrast with with these these teacher capes who are just like seem to have planned for every contingency and they're just like, "Oh, this happened. Okay, go."
0: Yeah, sure. It makes our protagonist feel like they're in a really powerless and hopeless position. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's interesting because it it has to walk this line where if if you feel like your protagonist is completely powerless, then that can start to feel really unsatisfying because sure. you're like, I mean, why am I following this character if nothing they do matters? But the, the fact is, it's not that nothing—it's nothing our characters do matters. It's 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 more that the situation around them is so oppressive and well thought out that it's just uh, an almost impossible, but not quite impossible, struggle. Yeah. Um. And, and I think it's really actually kind of interesting that they are actually the attackers here. They are the invaders. Yeah. But. Teacher is so well prepared, and, and the story has set that up so well that they don't f- feel like they're on the you know on the offensive. That they constantly feel like they're on the back foot throughout this whole arc.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the weird thing about Contessa, her involvement in general, and we'll see this, I think, textually at the end of the chapter, is no one has strategy anymore. Right? It's just kind of like go there, and and then react. Yeah, and she'll know that you'll react in the right way and she'll plan for it. So it's like, it's like, uh, there's no, there's no strategizing. There's no planning. The the, the breakthrough is just kind of like just sitting there waiting to be told what to do. And it is like, it is this like very, uh, very passive kind of force pushed on them where they just don't feel like they're in control at all anymore.
0: Right. And what's interesting is that this, um, this feels very intentional because this started well before Contessa was involved in this because yeah. Victoria called Master Stranger on herself yeah, a while right. back. And, and ever since then, she has been much more passive than usual. Yeah, she, she was involved in some stuff in the prison breakout, but she was never really taking like kind of grabbing the reins like she tends to do as a character yeah. and and she's i think i think uh, slipped even more into the role of 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 reacting um,
1: yeah and we kind of see her like sveta really challenges contessa here and has been and and victoria does not like agree with her like right mm-hmm. she doesn't defend her friends she doesn't say yeah you're right she kind of is of the opinion that like she's like well i mean There's this person here and she's telling us what to do. Like, I think I think in this moment, a person standing in front of Victoria saying, here's what you need to do is exactly what she wants right now. Mm -hmm. She wants someone to come in and tell her what to do so she doesn't have to figure it out.
0: I think you're right. That's exactly where she is right now. and And it feels authentic. Yeah. So Victoria does an interesting bit of analysis that I thought was, you know. Amusing and very Victoria, where she concludes that most of Teacher's gunmen must be tinkers firing their own tinker made weapons because it's probably easier for a mass power grantor like him to go that route than mm-hmm. to find a way to buy lots and lots of guns. Um, and then she's like, therefore, any normal looking muzzle flashes are probably coming from non tinkers firing normal guns, but with some kind of enhanced aim that makes them even more dangerous. Uh, I just thought that was a fun, like, very logical, you know. Uh, way of thinking through that
1: yeah it's the scholar doing her thing right mm-hmm. the thing i like about it is that the way she collects the data to make this assessment is basically just flies up in the air and gets shot at yeah <laughs> and it's like oh okay gotcha it's just like it's a very brute way to get to that hypothesis right it's just like i'm just gonna go up and oh the, oh they shot oh god okay yeah. well, i figured it out now <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. She uses her brute abilities to leverage her intellect.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So then uh, Victoria duels another flyer with like a beam power, and she takes some hits. Um, and, but then she disorients the guy enough that he jets away right into a pile of rubble, uh, shattering his bones. Yep. Not uh, that another though. Yep. There's an, another jet, pla- a jet pack flyer that's who is taken out by Juliet. Uh, by freezing them and then just kind of making them grind off their face against the ground oh my god
1: (laughs) yeah not to sound like a broken record here but this this battle has gotten truly brutal um one thing you didn't mention in the victoria fight is that he shoots her with a laser and it hits her on her like her buckler thing that um that rain built for her yeah and it gets so hot that it kind of starts glowing and then she puts it up against the chest of the man she's fighting and it Uh, Burns him so bad that his skin sticks to it so when he tries Uh to fly away he sticks to her (laughs) her metal buckler which is just like I mean once again I think just shows us like this the, the the brutality of of the combat we're in now we're no holds barred like we're going and people are getting seriously injured people are dying this is this is war.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Victoria's burning someone with a hot brand and, and a pile of rubble. It's uh, yeah escalated,
1: and it's a really freaky moment too when the guy like doesn't react in the way a normal person would react to getting uh-huh. burned in the chest so hard that you stick to the thing that's burning you. Um, yeah. He's just kind of like, "Oh, that's uh, that's inconvenient."
0: Yeah, yeah. This Which, this yeah. is a problem. Yeah, it
1: just goes to show that we're still fighting a very a very eclectic mix of people at different levels of brainwashing.
0: That's true. Yeah. Because, and I think that's interesting because I guess, yeah, we've been, we've been seeing that here and there, but it it is interesting that we've seen how teacher kind of, he doesn't just use his new ability to remove the brainwashing from everyone, to yeah. give everyone free will. He does it seemingly pretty selectively. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's interesting. Yep. So, all right, it's time for today's episode of let's put our heroes in impossible circumstances and see if they retain their humanity. <laughs> Uh, so the team comes together and they vote based on Contessa's three choices,
1: yeah, and like I said, um a little bit earlier in the chapter, the thing that I most enjoy about this moment where the team kind of gathers together uh, to finally give their votes um is Victoria says it didn't feel like we were the major players in this, though. No, that would be Contessa. So, like once again our 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 heroes have almost been stripped of any kind of active role in this. They're just kind of their role is literally now to make a choice, and then. And then, based on that choice, they will be as Sveta kind of describes it a little bit later. They will be fired. They, they're the bullet. Uh-huh. They they're not gonna. They I guess she wants them to aim. She'll pull the trigger, and then they'll just go where they're told to. So yeah. they're not the, they're not the players. They're just the weapon.
0: I mean, this is a really interesting thing to talk about from a storytelling perspective. I think because Waldo is fully aware that he has introduced a potentially story breaking level of, um, you know a precog, a a shot calling character who can make anything happen. Yeah. And instead of trying to like dance around the fact that he's done this, he has the characters say, Hey, we don't even have any power anymore. We're just billiard balls in her Rude Goldberg machine. <laughs> right. And and so why should we even try? And and like the the characters confront that head on. Sure. And that I think that's a great that's like the perfect move because it allows you to stay with them instead of just being, instead of you being the one who's like, oh, well now it doesn't even matter. Now you're, you're like, see that the characters recognize the situation and you're like, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm still with them and they're still with me. We're, we're on the same page.
1: I agree. And this is, this is a very thin needle, right? I mean, like this is (laughs) like, I I always, I've always been uncertain when Contessa really started playing a big role in either of these stories because I just feel like it would be so easy to mess this up to a point where you just don't give a shit anymore and you just don't feel like any of it matters. Oh, my choices don't matter anyway. What is, what is the point? What is the point of any of the character growth? If it's all part of this, of, of a Contessa plan. And I think the books like ride right up to that line. But I do agree that by, by just kind of not flinching away from that fact, by acknowledging it and by wrapping your story around it, I think it avoids going over that edge. Um
0: Yeah and then it becomes a story about that instead yeah, of sure. instead of a story that's trying to have its cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. All right. Um all right. So let's let's have a quick refresher on the choices just because people may not have been uh hitting F5 on the subreddit all week. <laughs> um so so choice A uh heavy hero deaths city largely spared except it's ru- it's ruled by villains for a time. Choice B hundreds of thousands of civilians die. Relatively few hero deaths. Choice C, a few thousand civilians die, and heroes lose many as well, including um, a kind of disproportionate amount of breakthrough losses.
1: Yeah, and Teacher will get away, though Contessa's sight into that is unclear, like how, how long he would get away for. Will he be recaptured or killed eventually? Yeah. Unknown.
0: what's What's interesting is that after reading everyone's answers to the discussion question, I'm like, I feel like lots of people would nitpick the way I summarize this Truth. and I almost see that as being like a feature and not a bug or, or at least like that's interesting, right? It's not like, like maybe I'm wrong, but also maybe there's just some ambiguity in the way it's Contessa rattled these off. That
1: is exactly um, true. And, and that is yeah. like, I, I think, I think that's one of the things this book is doing with, with this thing is there's a lot of. There's a lot of interesting things here in how Contessa's phrasing things and in how the book confronts how Contessa's phrasing things. We're going to get to a specific moment a little bit later in the story that basically points directly to the fact that Contessa asks these questions, receives answers, interprets those answers through her lens, and then issues commands based on them, right? Right. Yep. And and th- that's the wrinkle in this whole thing a little bit. And and so, yeah, I mean, each one of these choices, you could interpret this through a different lens. You could play up the good parts, uh, kind of play down the bad parts of the one you prefer. You could um, do the opposite. Um, you could just intentionally be super vague or you can intentionally get really, really, really specific. There are ways of taking the same bit of information and talking about it in different ways. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not to mention you could be one of the ones where she singled you out, basically, and was like, oh, uh, your best friend's going to die.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go through some of these answers uh, from some of the different capes and their justifications. Uh, not not all of them, really, or at least not in detail. But I want to pull out Rachel specifically because, first of all, she chooses B, and her justification's pretty sophisticated and, and interesting to me. I, I was a little bit surprised because it was had some nuance to it so she says undersiders die city goes to shit more people die only good thing is teacher is dead last option is bad if we let him go he will hurt others and tattletale says he always steps up his game steps up his scale he will keep doing what he's sorry he will keep doing what he's doing fucking worse until we catch him we made the choice to let him go when we fought him last time now this we can't do it again so she's basing her whole her whole thought process more or less around the idea that we can't let teacher walk away from this. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, like that's, that's something that I didn't really weight very heavily in my calculations yeah. in my own personal thinking about it. Like I kind of glossed over like whether hero dies, uh, sorry, wh- I don't know why I said that, uh, <laughs> wh- wh- whether, whether teacher dies or whether he gets away. I'm like, yeah, they'll, they'll catch him later. And it's like, no, that's a terrible assumption. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, and, Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, one of the things that I think, is in common amongst the choices that we see in detail, how people pick is the way they do. This is eliminate one that is a for sure. No. And then the decision is choosing between the others. Right. We see this with Rachel who basically says, can't do C can't do it. Teacher has to die. He has to die. Therefore we have to choose between a and B and B seems better for me. Um, Yeah. With, 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 Victoria in a minute we'll see her do the exact same thing where she say B is unacceptable can't do it can't do it Um, given the other two I choose C um, but I'll I'll be okay with a Um, I think Chastity does a very similar thing right where she's just like Cassie dying is unacceptable can't do it no that is that is mine won't do it Um, then I have to choose between the other two so I think it's interesting when you offer three options like this it seems like the most logical path to an answer is to immediately eliminate the one that is just the no-go and then decide between the other two
0: yeah I mean kind of an aside but kind of perfectly applicable like isn't it true that if you like the more choices you offer a person the less likely they are to make the best choice like Hmm. like even like like even if you give them like if you ask them to write down like what they want out of a car and then you give them a whole bunch of options, they'll, they'll do like a, a, a provably worse job than if you just gave them <laughs> two options because they get confused. And like, we really just are not good at keeping track of multiple like factors yeah. when waiting a decision. And so like what contest has done here is she's given them this like multivariate calculus problem to solve <laughs> with their little hand calculator of, of a brain where it's just like, yeah, like, like they're like, you can't expect people to, do this
1: yeah um and
0: that's i mean that's i guess we'll get around to talking about that aspect of it but but yeah like everyone has their like like you were saying everyone has their own kind of sticking point so like uh chastity and imp they both choose a uh they want to stop teacher now and they're willing to swallow the bitter pill of a lot of their allies dying um juliet is is a b because she doesn't give a fuck Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I love this because Chastity says, I can't conscience the choices that let me and my loved ones get off scot-free. And then Juliet is like, I can conscience it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, So so it turns out Kenzie saw them communicating the choices and then figured out what was going on. So the chicken tenders and Tattletail also have their votes.
1: Yeah. The old assume anything that any members of
0: Breakthrough sees at any
1: point ever will also be seen by Kenzie routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. It's it's funny because this made me realize, like we talked about these eye these cool eye tech things that Kenzie gave to everyone on Breakthrough, and we were like, oh my god, they have like a, a heads up display constantly and a map they can pull up at any time. This is badass. This is awesome. Um, it also makes it so Kenzie can spy on you uh, all the time, anytime, f- forever, yep. whenever she wants to. And and like, uh, you have one monitor up right now, Matt, uh-huh. on your computer. You have one monitor. I guarantee Kenzie has a monitor per member of breakthrough or a, a projection. She's got a uh-huh. screen up with each member of breakthrough and she's like, has them all up at the same time. And she's looking at all of them constantly.
0: Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. And she's going to see every terrible thing that's going to happen to them from this point on. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and has seen everything that's happened to them up till now, like uh, actually getting her rib cage uh, shaved. Yep. Um. So, yeah. So Sveta, at this point in the conversation, jumps in and points out they don't actually have to make a decision and that all that's going to happen is that making a decision will just ruin everyone's lives because they've been put in this position. And then she calls Contessa a coward and then Juliet calls Sveta a coward.
1: OK, so let's spend some time on this, Matt. This is pretty important. And so a lot of the, the fan community discussion was over Sveta's choice here this past week. A lot of people got super mad at Sveta. And I, I get it, get it. But re- regardless of whether Sveta is acting appropriately here, I think she's totally right that this choice will destroy them and and not just not just destroy them individually. I, I think absolutely some of them will take this choice no matter what, and it will destroy them individually, but it will destroy them as a team. Like, are you tr- are you telling me that, like, let's say the team votes B wins? And Chastity is just going to go, oh, OK, well, I guess everyone just democratically decided that my best friend is dying now. OK, I'll just be fine with that. Nothing. This It's cool. I'm cool. Um, like there's a little bit later where Byron says um, Byron says that he says that he or Tristan based on logic would probably be the ones that are either taken out for a long amount of time or taken out permanently because they don't know what happens to k seventies when one of them dies. Right. So he makes the logical leap that says it probably means us. And he's like, I won't hold it against any of you if you vote for that option. And that's noble. And I love that he said that. I think it's, I think it's so it's a testament to his character that he said that, but that's fucking really easy to say in the moment. And it's not easy to say, you know, two months into a ten year stint at being stuck in nothingness. Right. Or or an eternal stint of being stuck in nothingness. Right. So like I, I just think like I just think every one of those people are, are gonna go into this thing with like, we will go with what the the majority votes for, we will respect the decision and we will go forward and do that. But people are people, man. And this will destroy the groups a hundred percent breakthrough will not survive this vote no matter what way it goes. No team will survive this vote under this way. So I I mean, does that mean that therefore they shouldn't make that choice? Does it mean acknowledging that this will destroy us personally and, and as a group mean, no, we shouldn't have to make this choice. That's up to you. Uh, I certainly don't think anyone is obligated to do anything. So I don't know. Um, I think one thing that I want to be very clear about as we go through this and and you and I might even have slightly different opinions on this. I think both Svetta and Contessa in how they're handling this choice are responding to their specific traumas in dealing with the situation. Right. Contessa has a problem with making decisions. She she has an a issue with it. And so she's farming this off on other people. Um, Svetta like for so long we've talked about Sveta as this person who her main source of trauma was this fact that she didn't have a body and she's got a body now, but that's not it, right? It's that's the effect. It's the cause of that. It's, it's this, this kind of logical reasoning, this kind of moral calculus that contest that uh, the Contessa and Cauldron did to create her is the source of her trauma. And, and she's being, having it thrown back in her face again. So, I mean, I find it very hard to fault a person who's just like, no, fuck, fuck you. No. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I also agree that Sveta has a point here, honestly, because it, it's if you step back from the whole thing and you just say, why is a pseudo-democratic vote the the better way to solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Like, like, does that actually make any sense at all? Like, like, Contessa just doesn't want to have to make a call that has negative consequences, basically. Like, this is my interpretation, obviously. We could be told later Contessa actually has something else going on or some some reason why she wants to do it this way. But, like, fundamentally, they they told her what they want. And and I'm kind of borrowing it from what people in the thread were saying uh, in answer to the discussion question. But they told her what they want or what they need, quote-unquote need, she basically does her path to victory and says, well, okay, we can only get – you've said you need three things. I can give you uh, two out of three of those things and three different scenarios. So so in, in each of these three scenarios, you're going to be missing one of those things that you need. You're going to yeah. be sacrificing either the civilians, your allies, um, or your, your mission, basically, because that's all I can do. That's the best I can do, and, and I'm not going to make the call because – I I want some I want you to clarify your priorities basically but but she's she's foisting this off onto them on this like in this very kind of vague again I call it pseudo democratic because it's like okay it was it was a vote between whoever just whoever happened to be there right right yeah and and then also now Kinsey happened to catch it on her camera so now it's whoever happened to be there plus whoever was around Kinsey at the time <laughs> Like, like, what is the like, this isn't how democracy works. Yeah. This is just a random sampling of a bunch of capes, many of which are crazy heartbroken. Like, I I don't, I don't see how this is better.
1: Why are these, these people in a position, in a better position to make this choice than she is? Yes. Um, Yes. Well, and, and, and that's not to mention the fact that it is within the realm of her power to simulate what every single person on every single world would choose when given these three options. Right. Yes. She could path to counting up what all the votes <laughs> yes. in existence would be
0: path to just knowing that. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I think that's within her power. I, I don't, I don't know that it is, but it, 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 <laughs> it, it seems, seems like, like it should be. be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like, if, if you're really like, I want to be democratic, I don't want to make this choice myself. You can simulate that just as well as you can simulate, the wind condition.
0: Yeah. And, 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 okay. And I think we agree that we're not, we're we're, like, like we agree that she, she's not going to do that because then it's within her locus of control. Yes. Yes. She's literally trying to cast the locus of control away from herself. Right. Partly because she doesn't trust herself. And and I, and I really think partly because she doesn't want to be responsible for anything anymore. She's tired of, of the horrible guilt of, of everything she's done up to this point.
1: Yeah, I mean she like stopped using her power, right? Like that like right. she went away, she was done with it, and and then some bad shit happened to her and now she's fucking back. Like yeah like I mean, that is to say, like I think I think I'm I'm ride or die for my girl Sveta, but I don't blame Contessa for wanting to do this. It's a shitty situation to be in. It's a shitty burden to be this person cursed with the answer to everything and then everyone's expecting you to make the call because you happen to be the one that is able to make that call more than anyone else. It's it sucks. It's not fair. Yeah. I get it, right. but I don't, I agree that I don't think just like tossing it on the first people that come into contact with you is the way to go.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think we're on the same page there actually. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I really did. I really did like this this part where uh, this this kind of analogy that Sveta makes here, where she says, "We're not the ones who pick the targets or pull the triggers here, aren't we? We're the triggers. We're her pawns in this." And then Sveta says, "No, we're the bullets that fly out of the gun. It's not great, but it's necessary." And there's this wonderful speech that Victoria this Victoria like gives internally, says, like, all of this was too close to her heart. Cauldron had stolen her life, made her kill so many people already by way of making her a monster. To accept this would be to condone that. And I couldn't blame her for refusing to condone what she's gone through any more than I would willingly accept any healing from my sister. So, like, this, I mean, this is, this is, this is fascinating to me, right? Because, like this is basically the text telling us exactly what we're talking about, that the reason why Sveta is, is rejecting this so thoroughly is that it is intrinsically connected to her trauma. And that's why like, like I'm fine with differing opinions on this thing. Like I get that some people don't like Sveta as much as I do. I get that they, they don't like what she's doing here. And I even understand their points here. The things that the the parts that I don't like are when people are just like, come on, just get over it, deal with it later. Like now's not the time for this. And it's like, Of course, now is not the time for your trauma like that. But that's not how trauma works. Like, Victoria, just get get over Amy. It's not the time for this now. Yeah, I'm sure she'd love to do that. Uh, She can't. (laughs) That's the that's the whole thing.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty rare. But but I've had to make like a like a life or death emergency medical decision before. And let me tell you you're not like employing your full faculties in that situation. Sure. And, and, and this is basically what that is, right? Like to, to expect someone to just like reason as if, for example, reading a web serial and considering a hypothetical <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. Um,
0: while facing this situation in real life, you're just, it's just not going to happen. And this is just, this is just realistic. Mm-hmm. This is just the way people are. This is just humanity. Yep. Yep. Um. So, I mean, yeah, you're like, this is perfectly correct actually
1: Yeah yeah. And I mean I mean, there, there's this wonderful part here Where Rain backs her up And is like look like, You asked for help And I told you what I thought But I'm super happy I didn't have to be the one To actually pull that trigger I'm super happy that I didn't have to be the one to actually kill that guy um, yeah. So there is value In no we don't have to be the one That's the side there is value in that And he backs Veta up here
0: Yeah so I think like Victoria doesn't really agree, but she doesn't disagree strongly. Right. Like all she really does is she points out that they've already all made their decision, like in their own head, even if they don't tell Contessa or yeah. they don't tell each other. They, they've made their decision. They, they have to live with that now.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is just classic Victoria. Uh, the, Victoria's worst critic is herself stuff. Right. Yeah. Where she's just beating the shit out of herself. Like it doesn't matter if I don't tell her. It doesn't matter if she goes with my thing or not. I've made my choice. I, I made my choice the second I, I listened to the three options. And I Yeah and and it doesn't matter if I tell anyone or not, I'm gonna have to live with the fact that I made that choice. And Sveta doesn't quite see it that way, right? To Sveta, yeah. it's if if she if she makes it if she gives it if she puts it out in the universe, if she gives it to the person, if she gives if she allows that gun to be fired with with her fingerprint on it, um, then it's hers. But to 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 Victoria, once the gun has been even thought of, it counts just as much.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. I think. Yeah, I think this is fascinating, actually, because Sveta makes it sound like her choice was like automatic and almost pre thought. Mm -hmm. Like 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 she just has an instant. She just instantly knows which one she would choose, but she's not going to say it because like, again, it's it's taking this this responsibility onto herself that she doesn't feel that she that she should or that she needs to. Um, whereas Victoria doesn't see it as automatic, she sees it as something that she's responsible for. Yeah. So it's again, I think we're ta- we're having this interesting, we're playing around with this idea of where is the locus of control, and and can you meaningfully pass it back and forth, or refuse to re- refuse to give yours or. Um, how does all of this work exactly yeah. and different people have different concepts about how it works and that leads to them having different rationale yeah. and, um, I, and
1: I think th- I think the really important thing to note here is it's not like Sveta is saying no we're not participating in this right she's just saying I, ref- I don't think we should be the ones that have to make that choice I reject the idea that we have to make that choice she says we'll be the bullets it's not great, but I understand the necessity of it. I understand the necessity of listening to Contessa and, and following her orders, and she does. She listens to everything Contessa tells her to do. She gets in the box even though she's pissed off about it. She goes to the places Contessa tells her to later in these chapters. She is not standing in the way of any of that. It is the idea, as Victoria says, to condone this kind of moral thought processing that yeah. she, she refuses to do. Um, and I think that's an important distinction, right? Because I don't think she's yeah. holding, like, I, I don't think she's stopping the the whole situation. She's yeah. just wanting to remove Absolutely. her part in it.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, she she just wants Contessa to make the choice yeah. and take responsibility. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So, and I mean, so she gives her speech. She gets a little bit of pushback. But setting aside whether she's right or wrong or whatever, I think it's extremely noteworthy that, Svetta just kind of takes control of the conversation more or less like juliet is the only person who really gainsays her and and they get shut down by other people yeah chastity
1: Um, just kind of lowers her hand for her right yeah yeah
0: yeah they're all really quite eager for this to not be their problem
1: yeah i know i mean that's that's the funny part is that everyone is like oh we can we can do that we can do the just just say no answer okay yeah, that's fine. I mean, especially like Victoria, who has like in her mind's eye, like basically saying, "I don't agree with her. I don't support her in this." She's looking around for allies, and I can't be one because I'm not. But yeah, when the time comes, no one she she, she says, "You know, who's with?" Like, anyone have any objections? And no one says anything. Nobody. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right that that as much as they might not quite agree with her reasoning. They don't want no. I mean, nobody wants to do this. Right. And if you give yeah. someone an ability to say, no, actually, no, you don't have to do this, then, well, there you go.
0: Right. Well, it's a situation where, like, you're almost relieved if you lose. Right. Like like, let's say let's say they had voted vote. Let's say they had voted and and you voted for a or whatever. Yeah. And and then C wins. Then you're just like, oh, thank God. Like, no matter what happens, if my friends die it's not my fault. Yeah, right. Because I voted for A. Right. Yep. <laughs> like th- this, w- and and this is just that. Except now, none of them have to feel responsible. Yeah. And yeah. Well, except Contessa.
1: So. Well, and and Victoria, of course. She always, right. she will always She's, feel responsible, no matter what. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I yeah, I agree. I, like, I think the one thing we should say is the shitty situation, right? And yeah. in, in all of this, we're not trying to say that. Like, I, I, I just think like the throwing around the cowardly word is not a good word to use here because like nobody wants to do this. Like to say that you either make the hardest decision you've ever made in your life or you're a coward. I don't think is the cre- the right way to approach this whole thing. So while I think Conte- Svetta is generally right here, I think her anger at Contessa like throwing out words like coward and i don't agree with that
0: yeah yeah right and and i mean i think i, I think that if the, if anyone were really clear that one of these options was just like vastly better than the others then they would be like passionately arguing for that right? sure they, they sure. would be like no no let me all right shut up for a second i'm gonna try to convince you all that option b is the best one i'm yep. gonna try to persuade you nobody really does that because nobody really like they, the they all suck and they all yeah. know, like, like even, even the one you have picked sucks. Sure. So, yeah. so, so you're not going to argue for it. So yeah, anyway. So, uh, let's go through some more of the choices. We learned that, uh, Ashley rain and Byron have all chosen C, mm-hmm. uh, we learned that lookout has actually chosen a, which is the mass hero death one, which, which surprised me yeah. a, a lot actually. Yeah. Um, other teammates, which we, we don't know who chose C, B, and C. Yes. Love Lost chose C.
1: The other teammates is the chicken tenders, right? Yeah, the
0: chi- Yes. Yeah. sorry. Yeah, the, the other chicken tenders. Uh, Love Lost chose C. Colt chose B. Interestingly, that they kind of disagreed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Victoria, so Victoria procrastinates. She can't make up her mind. Now, is this true or is the text hiding, us, uh, h- hiding her answer from us until the end of the chapter?
1: Yeah, it's a little unclear because... It- she says to she basically says all right come on let's do this a b or c yeah. right and i think one read is absolutely she's yelling at herself okay which which am i going to pick but another read is just okay we've decided now we've told we've told contessa she's going to make up the decision yeah and her saying okay let's do this a b or c is saying okay contessa which one are you going to go with right yeah um so yeah i don't know i, I it could literally just be that she has decided and she doesn't want to reveal it until the very end until maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's like the, the confidence of realizing that this is the path that they're going with. The one that she would have voted for is the one that Contessa has chosen, um, is what makes her finally able to, uh, deal internally with the idea uh, that she did make a choice.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I was, I, I kind of like that. I, I was kind of thinking maybe she, she knows she's made a choice. Like she couldn't help making a choice, but she doesn't want to acknowledge it. She doesn't want to look at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think there's, so, yeah, I, I like think that. I think there's something to that. So, yeah, let's let's just let's just play our a fun game and follow up and see what we got right and wrong um, okay. from our guesses last week. So we got uh, rain wrong. Well, I did. I don't remember where we disagreed, to be honest well, with
0: you. Well, I'm pretty sure that I said um, everyone will choose a except Ashley and Kenzie, who I don't remember what I said they would do. Okay. Um, but well, I was that's wrong way in many wrong. places. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I yeah. said Rain would choose A. Wrong. I said Byron would choose C, which is right. I said Tristan would choose A. And we don't actually get to learn what Tristan chose, right? True. So true. Uh, I said Sveto would not choose, which is true. I mean, she did, but we just don't know it. So
0: Well, I, I, I would give you credit for that. Okay. I was impressed that yeah. you are basically called her calling bullshit on the whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Good. I'll take it. I'll take the credit. I said yeah. Kenzie would choose B, wrong. Um, let, let's talk about that A a bit there. That was a little surprising, right? I think Victoria yeah. tries to explain it away as um, A has the, the, I guess, the fact that someone doesn't die on Breakthrough, they're just in like a torturous state, and in her Victoria basically says that maybe in her tinker mind she sees that as a solvable problem, and therefore... Uh-huh. Uh, a better one like Uh death is not a solvable problem that is a solvable problem ergo best choice yeah but that's interesting right not not what i would have expected
0: well i mean you could also say maybe kenzie has less experience with like the fates worse than death that have befallen most of the other members of the team at various times yeah sure
1: so and then i said ashley would choose c which was right so there we go okay about half about half
0: yeah, um, I don't even know what my score would be. Pretty, pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but you know, I didn't, I didn't really think through like each individual character's intricate nuances. I was just kind of like, well, these ones, I, no, no. I know what my problem was. My problem was that A just seemed like an obvious superior choice. Um, and and that was like before I'd really like dug into the discussion on the subreddit where where it was like oh no like different like people are focusing on different parts of this that I that I just wasn't really considering to be that meaningful and now that I've thought about it more I'm like yeah no A is not an obviously <laughs> superior choice there is no there is no obviously superior choice and yeah. so but like but I think that's the kind of thing that you would do in this situation. You would like latch on to one and then once you latch onto it you start thinking of reasons why that was the right choice. Yeah I think you're and right. And the other ones are bad. I
1: think you're so. right. Every, it's like I mean, it's like picking a it's like picking a house, right? It's exactly like picking a house, choosing yep. who lives or die, exactly like picking a house.
0: You have, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You
1: have you have your uh, can't live withouts, and uh-huh. you have your wants, and you just you, you just decide between your wants.
0: Yep, and then you spend and then you spend a while convincing if there's other parties involved, convincing yourself and them. That you made the right choice and that you're all on the same page.
1: Yep, exactly. Perfect.
0: So after they tell Contessa, uh, no, they're not going to make a choice, she promptly negates her own power with one of these Sheen injections.
1: (laughs) Oh, hooray!
0: Yay. uh, (laughs) Which preempts Teacher from doing it to her. That's her justification. Yeah. So... She's no longer flying by a wire, but in a sense, Contessa is now just another bullet fired by her power along with all the others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, like, yeah, it's, it's not great, but, you know, now she knows what it feels like. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, and this is – I mean, this is when my brain starts hurting, right? Because my first reaction to this was, like, panic because, like, yeah. she's just going to forget all the shit she has to do or not remember it perfectly. But then, like, her power – Probably like compensated for the fact that she'd be running without her power, so that that it planned for steps knowing that she would be less precise without her power. But what if she forgets the step that was supposed to help with the planning? Because, but no, the power would know that she'd forget that <laughs> step, and that what, <laughs> and then my brain, and then my brain breaks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the reasons why the uh, the. Uh, why she couldn't have a better plan, right? Like, like, yeah. like no matter what was going to happen, she was going to have to turn her power off. And that just means she can't really have one of those razor sharp Contessa plans where everything is just completely nailed down and, and just, it's a flawless victory. Yeah. Um, so like, I think she is not, uh, yeah, she, she can't be a perfect vessel for her power, but, but her power is going to get the outcome that it's, that it said it would. Right, right. Right. Like, like, like assuming, assuming that she just chose C, C is going to happen now. Right. And like, unless, unless blind spot happens. Right. Unless there's a big blind spot. Yeah. And then I guess if she had still had her power, then she could have avoided the blind spot. Maybe, but not necessarily. I'm kind of going down a little <laughs> cul-de-sac here. Yeah. I mean, that's um, the problem so, with this is
1: that it's just like, yeah. it, it just, get, you can get mired in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But um, I mean, this is such a fun storytelling conceit, though, because as she's she's telling everyone these really detailed plans and we're going to see some of this stuff that she's describing executed in this chapter and in the next one as well. And uh, everything goes exactly as she says it will. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't make it a single fraction of a percent less tense and exciting and harrowing.
1: I, I completely agree. Like the way Wild Boat navigates this is so great because like. Contessa is denying any requests to know what's going on. Right? That she, yeah. like, Victoria asks her multiple times, "Hey, which did you choose? Did you actually make a choice? Like, what what is going on here?" And she's just like ignoring her. So yeah. we we don't know which is happening yet. Um, and, and she's pumping out all these orders, and they're all vague in really fascinating ways. So like, you got things like, um, "Make sure you know how the the range of a of your voice." And you're just like, "What the what?" Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like. Uh, Ashley, bring those vials to one of one of Valkyrie's flock, but don't wake her up. Whatever you do, don't wake her up. And then you have Chastity told to just like slap the shit out of Miss Militia. And you're just like, it's like it's all this vague stuff that you don't see the other end of. So even though like even though as a reader, you have pretty good confidence that everything she's telling them to do will happen exactly the way it's supposed to and and work exactly the way she needs it to there is still tension there because you're just not told all of it and you just have to you're just told confusing weird shit and you're like wait what why yeah who
0: right right and and, i mean it's fun because it's not like it's not really like the heist trope where the heist is explained but then things go wrong Nothing really goes wrong. No, it's yeah. it's 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 just like you said. The information we're given is just like hints, where they only make they only really make sense in retrospect in some cases, uh, and that's what makes it fun. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, um,
1: there's this part I wanted to talk about kay. that I think is actually really important to this whole thing though, because she's giving Sveta an order, right? And she says, Sveta will target the dragon slayers, deal with them. And then Sveta interrupts them and says, or ups her and says, kill them, you mean. Contessa paused. What? I assumed kill when I interpreted the step, but didn't consider the alternative. Too late now. It should be fine. Whatever you do should be fine, Sveta replies. And I think this is like, I think this is a fascinating little window in how her power works, right? Because in any other situation, Sveta would have said, kill them, you mean. And then Contessa would have been. Hold on. Let me check. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do that. Um, hey. She can't do that right now. She can't because her power yeah. is gone. But it also shows. I mean, she she's admitting here that, like we said earlier, part of this process is interpretation. Part of this process is she is sent information, interprets that information and relays that interpretation. And that uh, is imperfect. That is a imperfect method of delivery on a power that grants perfection right um Uh and and it will work for her 99% of the time 99.99999% of the time probably right just because like while imperfect it's still pretty damn good because like there's only so much interpretation that like block now has right um Uh but I I think I think it's it's really interesting I think it's really interesting
0: I I'm doing loops in my head because part of me is like part of me interprets that to just mean like her power her power knew that it couldn't rely on um stop the the angel max to be interpreted in any particular specific way so it just had to create a plan that could that could weather some amount of wiggle room such that the plan still worked whether they killed them or just stopped them and and thus, we're still completely on track with the plan.
1: I suppose. I just don't. I. I. I, I don't. I. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just I, like the, the 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 word interpreted here. I think is such a such a loaded word.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I. I don't know. I'm. I mean. I'm. I definitely lean toward. If if you screen off the influence of blind spots, which, as far as I'm concerned, completely fuck everything up. Um, then it should be the case that having chosen option C, option C is like destined to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and and yeah, okay. This it's fun. To, it's fun to talk about, but if we, it's easy to get caught in loops. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean we we got so yeah. much more to do for sure. Yeah. So Victoria heads to support Rain, who is with Love Lost and Colt, going up against the is, and their compelled minions. A fight involving either of these two is always harrowing and fighting both doesn't disappoint as they coordinate and Vicky gets a mild dose of Mather's eye. <laughs> she fights a black sand controller puppet of Vailfor's and Lovelost jumps the gun, losing the voice sniper standoff of Vailfor. There ensues an awesomely complicated mess of interacting powers. Veilfor ends up slashed by Lovelost uh, and then he tells Colt to die Uh, This time, it's Rain who asks Victoria for the go-ahead to kill. And he cuts the demon in half. Uh,
1: This is such a great fight scene. Like, I mean, just like conceptual idea up. It is fun. The whole sniper standoff with the voices thing is such a fun idea. Um, And of course, Love Lost being the one to break first just makes so much sense. Um, yeah. And then, and then just like the, the, the him screaming die, there's such a like a guttural reaction to that. Right. Like Colt just immediately throws herself on a sharp object. Um, and yeah. it's like, and then of course the, the moment it ends, I think is just wonderful here. Like this, just yeah. this, this simple, do I, my turn to answer aware of Colt. I nodded. And yeah. And so right. he does it.
0: Right. I mean, I like the, I like the, the succinctness of the writing. there, aware of cold. Like what that's saying is because this person is probably going to keep trying to kill themselves if we don't kill this guy. But like, even now, even now she hesitates, right? Yeah. Even even now she hesitates from saying, yeah, go ahead and kill veil for worst guy ever Mm -hmm. actively trying to kill us. Super big danger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, we've been waiting for this guy to (laughs) die forever (laughs) for so so
1: long. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's important, and I think it's important to victoria and i i like that it's important to victoria that even when it comes time to take a life a um it's a difficult decision that she needs to reach out with someone and b it should have weight to it it should it should require a a beat to think about. For a moment. Yeah. Right. Like it should like in, in Victoria's mind, this should never be an easy. Yes, This should yeah. never be. Do I? Yes. In the same sentence, this should there should be page breaks. There should be yeah. breaks in the in the writing here for time. Um, yeah. And and it's I, I love it. I, I think it's yeah. it's so powerful. It's like she it's like and it's perfect, like return to favor moment. Right. Because rain did this for her. She needed help. She needed someone to reach out to. And Rain was there to tell her it's OK. And she does the same. She she returns that favor to him. And of course, Rain, you know, taking the life of one of the main people of the cult that that destroyed him is rather poetic.
0: Yeah, right. And and it's a big deal for him. And yeah, and, and it's something that he may really want to do. Right. In fact, sure, that may be yeah. why he's asking for. For, uh, you know, a bit of a touchstone there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it does definitely says something that we, we've we talked a lot about how these characters are really ground down by the events in this arc. But both of them are both still able to step back, touch base with each other, make the right call, you know, um, not just not like you said, not just say, yeah, of course, kill him. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Um. Yeah.
1: And I also think there's weight to the idea that this is easier on her than the person she had to kill. Like, remember when rain mm-hmm. is like, no, trust me. Like, even though I'm the one that told you, yes, like it, it, I wasn't the one that did it. And that made it easier for me. I think the same is true here. Like she gives the order to Rain, and she says, yes. Um, and I think this is easier on her than her being the one to kick the guy's head off was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everyone then retreats to the stairwell held by Capricorn and he seals it behind them. But now it's clear to Victoria what option this is that they're pursuing. It's C, good old middle-of-the-road choice that fucks over Breakthrough specifically and uh, doesn't actually kill teacher. Fuck this plan. (laughs) Except, well, Victoria says, it was the option I'd chosen. I'd been ready to vote for it. A, if it wasn't feasible. Never B, not that many lives. Not that there were any guarantees with the blind spots. Well. Yep.
1: So we, we were right about Victoria. Yeah, 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 so I mean there's this is interesting, right? Because Contessa has the the book is telling us that Contessa has chosen C or well, the book is not telling us Victoria is making the assumption and she says that everyone else agrees like she says that we're all thinking the same thing. This is option C. Um, And if we tally the known votes, right, if we tally everyone whose vote we got, we see that C would have won had they all voted out of the ones that we know. So did Contessa just use her power to tally those votes? Did she just pick this one because she wanted to? How did she come to this this decision? And that I, I, we don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, right. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have put it past her to do that. Actually, to just yeah. be like, all right, what what answer they give, fine, <laughs> do that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I I remember um, you asked last time uh if the one who suffered and the one who died were the same person because the way she worded it was kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victoria says two of us die one suffered for quite some time. I wished I'd thought to ask if that meant one of the two suffered or not. So basically does that mean three of us are out of commission completely forever or two yeah. of us total? Yeah.
1: And I mean, it. it it's once again, I, I think, um, Contessa being a little sneaky or if you want to call it Contessa's power being a little sneaky. Fine. Um, it is. It's interesting because I, I think it's important to note here that Victoria says two of us die, one suffering from quite some time. Um, Contessa actually never says the word die, Matt. Here, here's how Contessa relays option C to, to the team. Two members of Breakthrough are removed from the equation as a result. One endure some torment for quite some time,
0: and and you're sure she doesn't come back later and clarify that? Yes, because I'm okay. Because I like this is one of my problems. Is like I man, like I really do. There's got to be something going on here, right? Like, like why would you use that phrasing other than to just be to to just muddy the waters, to just make it impossible to make this decision?
1: Yeah, because every other instance. Uh, she used die when she's talking yeah. about the other two options. She says, "Uh, two two members are heartbroken will die. One member yeah. of the Undersiders will die." Right. Um. Every other time she uses die, this is the only place where she uses another phrase that could, it could absolutely mean die.
0: Yeah. Right. She she could just not want to be repetitive.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. She could just like that's my that's my pet peeve in writing. It's like oh, I use this word too much. I need to use something else. Um, right. But. It's it is it's it's one of those things that is like it feels important. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what this is going to be. It just feels important to me. It feels like a distinction that is important. And Victoria has basically just decided that it means die. That's she's just decided. And, and, and once again, it could maybe one member of Breakthrough will die and one member of Breakthrough will be like locked in a hell d- dimension uh, or turn into a, like a shard thing or, or get yeah. get thro- get tossed to another dimension so, like something something like that right and so right. like that's just an easy way to l- loop it together one dies one stuck on earth a that's they're both they're both removed from the equation boom yeah i don't know
0: yeah R- right 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 yeah yeah a way a way of covering bases without going into too much detail yeah That that actually sounds like the most kind of parsimonious explanation for why she would choose that phrasing it's like Two different weird things happen, and I'm not going to bother to explain both of them.
1: Yeah, and in one I'm, of them, one of them, could one be of just them, dying. one of them, it could be just dying. One of them could be, you know, poor Byron or Tristan trapped in nothingness. Yeah. yeah. So
0: basically, this doesn't help us or calm us down at all. Nope. We're still just freaked <laughs> out as we were before. Yep. Great. Um, and then uh, the team heartbreakingly splits up for the last time. Yeah, I question mean, mark.
1: but but not question mark. Like if. <laughs> If we're to take everything that Contessa says as unassailable fact and truth, and the way things are going to play out, then there are no question marks there. Then this is the last time the breakthrough will all be together.
0: Full stop. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. I mean that if yeah. if they if 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 C is the plan that is being taken, and if Contessa's path is going to go exactly as the way she said it was going to go then regardless of whether these two people are dying or not they're going to be removed from the equation they're so removed gone this is the last time that our team is together yeah and the, the the beautiful thing about this book and that's why i love i love narratively, I love the introduction of this, this question to our team. Like it it frustrates me. I'm, I'm more on Spet aside than anyone else. The fact that they have to make the decision is bullshit and it's not fair, but narratively I love it because each and every member of this team knows this. They're all sitting together. They're all about to go their separate ways and they know this is it. This is it. We will never be together again. And and whether or not that actually ends up that way, I don't know. I suspect I suspect still that that the blind spots are going to play a role. The teacher is going to do something that fucks with something. Yeah. um, In a way that things are not going to play out the way Contessa uh, sees that sees them. But our characters don't really know that. And and they're all in this moment. Acting as if this is it. And it's sad because like Victoria here says, I wanted to say something. I wanted to be encouraging to tell people I loved them. Nobody had words. And then the final lines of the chapter without a goodbye, without a commentary, without final strategy, our team split up running footsteps, sounding down hall, sounding hollow in wide hallways and corridors. So it's a beautiful end of the chapter and it's so sad. It's so sad.
0: Yeah. I, I love that writing. I, I don't even think I focused on it in, in, in the sense of the words and sentences, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um you know, I just I, it's just funny to me that like you and I keep mentioning the blind spots. And I just I scroll up again just to kind of check the wording and, and as Victoria's thinking about her choice, she ends the paragraph with not that there were any guarantees with the blind spots. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's I mean, that's fun to me because like the character is just as eager basically to like grasp for some kind of hope in those blind spots right maybe the blind spots will provide us with a way out of this mess where we don't have to have any of these bad outcomes we can only keep the good aspects yeah and um and it's like Victoria's doing it too. Yeah, Characters I mean, do it like yeah. like it's right. It's 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 We're just all, funny. I that. mean,
1: I think I think that's great. You're right because I think I think when character and reader desire aligns, is when you <laughs> really feel like you're a part of the story. When you really feel like you're emotionally attached to the story because yeah. because it's it's echoing the way you feel. And I, I absolutely think that's right. Is we are desperate. I am desperate. I hope to God that this does not end the way that Contessa has laid it out. Um, yeah.
0: Right yep (laughs) I mean and I think I've said I don't remember if I said this on the show or not but I'll be equally interested if it ends exactly the way Contessa said and if it ends some completely different way and I'm sure Wild will make it really interesting either way
1: I agree yes I have faith so
0: yep so uh, on into 15.x so we can't skip over the structural elements of this chapter and how it connects to the arc so 15. A was this multi POV chapter from a bunch of minor and unusual, good-aligned POVs. Basically, 15. Mm-hmm. X is this multi POV chapter from a bunch of minor and unusual teacher-aligned POVs.
1: Yeah, and and they each have one exception to that trend, right?
0: Yeah, because 15. 15.
1: A had the scary number four man who wanted to yep. to murder everything and yep. as the only bad guy pov and sveta in 15.x is the only good guy pov unless you check the parahuman subreddit recently in which case every point of view in 15.x is very very bad especially that last one that's the right bad guy
0: all bad guys yeah um so we start with wasp commander highly self-important leader of a squad of elite thralls Super double thralls uh, with teacher's power enhanced by Black Goat and Ingenue.
1: Yeah. Would you say the the best of the best of the best, sir?
0: I would exactly say that yeah
1: and, and i love that it opens with like he felt important critical right like this this is kind of his defining uh thing is is this feeling of power this feeling of importance this feeling of need i am needed i am important i am critical um and uh, this is a really interesting character i really like this guy i really am fascinated to talk about him and how we're gonna like draw some lines between him and some other characters we know
0: yeah yeah but i can't wait to get to that point
1: yeah and 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 one of the things that i think this this chapter does, and especially this section, and I think a little bit of the the Misha section as well. Um, th- this, this, this point we're here where he says, for many of the people and teachers employ, all of this was temporary. But for the Wasp commander and his squad, they liked working together like this. They intended to do it for as long as they were able. And there's part of me that sees this Sees this, this squad of guys and, and girls, sorry, um, that are working together and they like working together and they're good at it and they're a good team and sees another story in which this this group could be the protagonists. Uh-huh. Of that story. Right. Um, and and imagine you read this book and you jump into that. You've been reading this book about Wasp commander and his squad and you get into this chapter and you're rooting for him as he's defending the fortress from the evil invaders. And then they all die.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. I mean, you, you feel I mean, they, they kind of suck. Right. But you feel you feel a bit of empathy for them. Yeah. yeah. Like like I don't know. I mean. The story takes the time to humanize him, right? Like, yeah. like tell, telling us who he is, what, what he was all about, how, how he came here. Um, I specifically like, like that uh, we call back to the very start of this story by mentioning that this guy is currently a parahuman enhanced commando because uh, the university was full. So he had to find something else to do.
1: Yeah, the same university that rejected Victoria rejected this guy. Um, she went off to find a a place to belong. She found a team, she found a group, got together with that group and, uh, has become a powerful cape in that group. He did the same thing just with a a different group.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's just, uh, just hustling. Just out there hustling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just like breakthrough. This squadron seems to like each other. They work well together. They care about each other. They're both teams of, of six capes. If you... This is where I stretched a little bit. (laughs) If you count Capricorn as one cape, Uh it counts. Uh, Or if you count Chris. No, you don't count Chris. Get him out of there. You don't. (laughs) He left. He's dead to me. Oh, okay. Um, Don't count Chris, Capricorn, one cape. There's six of them.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, Just like Breakthrough, their leader is all about studying up on the enemy. Uh, He reads any and all available reports to come up with strategies on the people he's fighting against and quickly identifies the enemy and outlines the key strategy to defeat them. Um, this is, we're drawing some lines here, man. Yeah, this I'm is,
0: seeing some connections. This is
1: a guy who was very similar to Victoria in some ways going a different path. And, yeah. and I think what the text does here is it, it makes it pretty clear that like, no, this is not Victoria, right? Like the, Like there's this moment when he says that he knows what teacher does to some of the other thralls. He knows about the brainwashing. He knows about the terrible things they do, And he's OK with it. He's OK with it because he got this being important, being excellent at something, getting power and powerful people following him. So, yeah, not the same. Right. Not the same as Victoria, right, obviously, right. but similar, like a yeah. path, a path to Victoria. And we were talking about this earlier today. You said something that I really liked. Um, you said yeah. you said that kind of like a diary version of Victoria.
0: Right. Yeah. This is this is the Victoria who act who actually. Just wants uh, the 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 recognition or the uh um man I'm I'm blanking on on the, the concept I'm reaching for but yeah just just the uh the 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 cool factor she doesn't actually care about saving people right he doesn't yeah. really care about saving people he just wants to be the badass cape yep. or the badass yep. whatever yeah. he wants to be the you know, powerful critical important people
1: person that yeah. important people follow.
0: You know, there's other connections. I mean, we've got one character, we've got one thrall who's very like perception focused. Mm-hmm. That that could be our Kenzie if if you're willing to kind of finagle. Sure, we've got one who you know their touch is death. We know someone like that on Breakthrough. <laughs> sure. Um. So I'm not I'm I'm not seeing any other connections, but sure, there's probably some there. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, the Wasp Squadron has a guy that like is two people that swap in and out uh, with different elements, right? Um, <laughs> no, they don't have that. <laughs> they don't
0: have not, I don't not every I missed, not everything. Did I miss something
1: <laughs> not, not everything lines up, guys. But the point yeah. is, I think I absolutely think that the book is building a, a similarity here, a similar feel, and I think it yeah. makes you not. I mean, not completely be on this guy's side. Obviously, not. We're definitely not on his side. But it makes it gives you a window into his point of view that makes you maybe a bit more empathetic than you would have been otherwise.
0: I think so. Yeah. So, anyway, as, as you were saying, the team tries to gun down and approaching Ashley and Sveta, but uh, Kinsey has hoodwinked their cameras. Dribfeed uses a death touch to hit both Sveta and Ashley in the ensuing brawl, um, uh, but uh, Sveta gets shot through the head. How do we feel about this, Scott? I was freaking out, Matt! Yep. I was freaking the fuck out. because
1: Because at first you're like, what? Sveta's dead? And then... The guy walks up to her and he's like, well, there's technically two capes that this could be. And yeah, it sure seemed like it was Sveta, but no, it's got to be this strung out person, right? Like it's said, Sveta's not dead. It's definitely got to be this other person. He just, he just mislabeled her because he doesn't know. And then we're like, no, no, it, it, it's definitely, it's definitely Sveta. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But don't, don't worry. She's, she's actually alive. And it's just, it's just a fucking roller yeah. coaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a prosthetic face. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought she was dead. I was like, oh, that's super sad. It, like, and and I would have been, I don't know if I would have, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird I to mean, say I would have been fine. Like, like, from a writing perspective, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I mean, we knew they were going to die. That's yeah. really sad. I, I've kind of been stealing myself for this for some time. But, no, this is a fake out.
1: I mean, the funny thing about this is I think this is, like, a, just good writing because, like, we're so... We're staying so true to our perspective, right? We, the reader, know this is Sveta right away, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but this guy doesn't. And yeah. so we don't reveal that information that it is truly Sveta until he figures it out, because we're we're, we're stuck in this close thir- third person point of view thing. And I mean, technically, we know the book has told us that Sveta's internal organs her important internal organs are not in her head. Right. The book has told Mm. us that, that we've seen her. We've had her mention that before. We've seen it before. We know this is true. But in this moment, when you see a character you love get shot in the face and you're in the perspective of a person that doesn't know that, uh, you forget, you forget. And the book knows that you're going to forget. And it uses that to fuck with your brain.
0: Yeah. Especially because I like I cried. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah,
1: it's horrifyingly good writing.
0: Don't do this to us, Feta. <laughs> so then the Harbinger joins the fight and just efficiently takes apart the Wasp Commander's special elite team with just a beautiful economy of movement. I just love it.
1: Yeah, and and again, like let's let me preface this with the fact that I know Teacher's the bad guy, and I know the people that work for Teacher are the bad guys. Um, and the book goes out of its way to establish that Wasp Commander knows about the enslavement and doesn't care about it, so he's not a paragon of virtue. However, removed from the context of the rest of this book, this chapter or this section of this chapter is about a squadron of soldiers defending their fortress and then three (laughs) monsters arrive and brutally murder them all Uh and then casually move on.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's and kind like, of wisecracking.
1: Right. And like, again, uh, it's it's the power of Wild Bill writing from the perspective of this guy. Right. We're in his head. We kind of see the way he thinks. We see his point of view and, and we see things from that perspective. And it's yeah. not true. Obviously, it's not true. We love these characters. Teacher is the bad guy. But damn if it's not effective.
0: Yeah. 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 No, it's it's a really interesting way of doing that. So just to briefly mention, like the fact that Harbinger is here, this is just another fun element we've thrown in that we know this is either. I mean, like narratively speaking, we know this is either number four who wants to kill her or this is uh, Jeff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have to. I don't think we've formally said uh, the name of the good, the good number boy, thanks to uh, our friend and patron, Sarah, is Jeff, the nice number boy. That is yep. his formal title. Let let it be known, Jeff the Nice Number Boy, now and forever.
0: So we know it's one of those two, but mm-hmm. we don't know which one, and that makes this so much more fun, right? Yeah. We don't know is he following Sveta because he wants to kill her or because he wants to protect her.
1: Yeah, and and, and that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and the book is absolutely playing off that tension every yeah. time a number man interacts with Sveta. Goes like when we see he went off. And we're like, oh, God, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and this carries through the very end of this chapter in really delightful ways.
0: Yep. So uh, as they recoup from the battle, Swansong asks Tress if she has any water. Uh, and Tress, for her part, is having to strangle her own organs to avoid letting the internal damage progress.
1: I forgot. Th- I guess that's a thing you could do. You just uh, wrap your tendrils around the organs, I guess. I, yeah, I
0: don't. I, yeah, I don't actually remember if this is set up, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't. Yeah, it sounded fine to me. I
1: mean, that um, that feels like it would hurt a whole lot.
0: Yeah, I think she's probably pretty uncomfortable right now. I mean, yeah. she's all slashed up. She, all yeah. of her, all of her tendrils aren't really coming together right.
1: Yep, yep. But uh, Matt, i want to talk about Ashley. <laughs> Let's talk about Ashley. Okay, quickly. if
0: we have to. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I mean, she's doing great, right?
1: Yeah, she's doing fine. She's doing fine. I just want okay. to talk about how good she's doing because I think, okay. actually, subtextually, what the book is telling us right now is that Ashley is doing awesome.
0: Uh huh.
1: So, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here, right? Like, we, we, we see this moment where she gets this good kick from drip feed right in her ribs, right in the area that she was already hurt. Um, And and drip feed. Let's remember what his power can do per our our buddy was commander. Uh, One hit could be enough without medical care to reverse its effects. Heart arrhythmia that cascaded into heart failure. Carbon dioxide bubbles manifesting in the bloodstream as a result of very specific wavelengths. Clots were forced to form by impacting sites of damage that would immediately float free and lead to a stroke. One hit is enough to do all these things. And she definitely took a hit. And yeah. she was already hurt. And we get this little bit about how thirsty she is. And Svet is like, didn't you just drank five minutes ago? Why are you thirsty? And we know that excessive thirst can sometimes be a symptom of some internal injuries, some internal bleeding. You get really thirsty when you're bleeding internally. And uh, it's it's like when you go back and read it, like the funny thing is I came to this conclusion. I came to the conclusion that Ashley is dying and Ashley knows that Ashley is dying. And then when I went back and read it under that That idea, everything kind of slots into place, right? Because like we're watching this guy watch her because she's the only one facing this dying wasp commander and she gets this look of concern on her face and then asks for the water. Then after she's told she doesn't have any, she says it's not important and then gets this wistful look on her face. This like this wistful look. And let's remember, she just killed someone again. Right. Like it wasn't her fault. Again, it was an accident. She was blowing up the, the floor as a way to screw with them. And and Jeff, the nice number boy uh, arranged for a man to fall right in the path of one of her blasts and was totally destroyed. Um, so she's killed someone else another accident. She also takes off someone's leg, right? She I think she yeah. blows she says he blows off someone's leg. So she's she's killed someone else once again. She's dying and she gets this wistful look and I I in me this in this moment this is an Ashley resigned to her fate, right? She says it doesn't it doesn't matter or it's not important to the water. It doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Um and that that's a bummer. And and, yeah. when, and when you read this next part with that in mind, I think it becomes even more clear because Sveta's telling them that she's going to, like, you know, wrap her organs. And she says, I'll let people know so you don't choke your organs for too long. The Harbinger will do the same if I can't. Swansong said, still more concern in her eyes for Tress now. So if I can't, if I'm gone, if yeah. I'm dead.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're definitely setting it up, but. Like, I, I mean, from from a, uh, from a Doylist perspective, I feel like the way to do this scene, the way to do all these scenes is to make all of the breakthrough members look like they could be the ones who are going to die. Sure. So, yes, super, super seems like Swan Song is, is literally uh, mortally wounded right now. But like, this is a world with healing. So... You really look like it could really all just be a, a, a misdirect. But I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you're right. Like everything you're pointing out is absolutely there and, yeah. and real. Um, I, I'm just I'm just not saying like, therefore, Swan Song is definitely dead.
1: Well, um, well, Matt, you know we'll what? It, I am. OK, <laughs> because the last time I was this sure about something, it was Vista. And I said, Vista <laughs> is going to die. I said those uh-huh. words. I said them confidently without uh-huh. hesitation. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and she did. And yeah, but then <laughs> but then she didn't. So so I'm going to do it again. And by putting it into the world, by putting into the universe, similar to how Sveta feels that choosing, putting the option she chose into the universe would have an effect. I, uh-huh. too, am putting into the universe. Ashley Swansong is going to die. OK, and, and now that I've done it. It's not going to happen
0: anymore. Okay. So you know that you're cherry picking like the one time you've ever been wrong about something. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
1: but I was so, I was so incredibly wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong.
0: And I was, uh, and I was right on that one. You actually. were. So, you were. So, yeah. But
1: you weren't right like. You weren't like intellectually right. You were,
0: <laughs> I was. I <laughs> you just did want to believe it.
1: Desperate. Desperate I wasn't, to not yeah. believe it. Right.
0: I wasn't willing to accept the obvious thing the story was telling me, <laughs> um, which is the best way to read. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, uh, I, I love I love the. So, so we've talked a bit about Wasp Commander. One thing we haven't really mentioned is that there's just like this grandiose streak to his inner monologue. Yeah. And, and I love the way it wraps up where he goes bitter with the ignobility of it all. The wasp's commander struggled to organize thoughts that were falling into disarray. He resigned himself to trying to find peace in the, the harbinger. Put a bullet in his head as he walked by one of his acts to tidy up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just yeah.
0: like cold. It's, yeah.
1: it's great, especially especially because like. One thing he cares about is power, is, is being critical, is respect, is, is having powerful people follow him. And there's this moment here where they're like, Hey, we got the commander of this thrall squadron. Right. And they point to one of the other guys and like, yeah, that was him right there. So yeah. he's laying here dying and like, he's not even getting the recognition as the commander of the squad. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and I think that's and p- part of what he is referring to in the ignobility of it all. I really yeah. like that so much. Right.
0: And, and the language, like you cinematically envision Harbinger like literally turns away and, like, casually lifts an arm and, like, doesn't even look and shoots him in the head as, he, as he's, you know, yep. just inconsequential, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Poor guy. All right. So that was that guy switching over to Misha, one of Saint's lieutenants. And uh, this is apparently Dobrynya of the Dragon Slayers who we met back in Worm
1: Yeah, we're, we're back, to our, back to our favorite dragon slaying boys and dead girl. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, we love these guys. <laughs> yeah, we love them I mean, so much. I, I mean, Misha is is a likable person, actually. Oh, I love Misha. The, yeah, I so, can't
1: wait to talk about him.
0: So Misha thinks about how the nature of his powers to intuitively understand uh, the piloting of the angel mech. And uh, this is great. Like, this is really fun. It's borderline xenofiction in the sense that he's, like, dipping so far into this alien mindset. that Like, the tactile experience of piloting the mech is, describing, is being described in a kind of loving detail that reminds us yet again that Wildbow is a master of getting us into other minds
1: yeah yeah i i agree and like you know i've talked about how i didn't like i don't like the mech fights in the past like i went yeah. so i went from just like general annoyance with these guys being in the story to like indifference to like this loving respect for this guy in just the, sh- the short order of how he describes piloting this mech and I, I absolutely agree with you that it's that's a testament to the writing and let's just let's just talk about it let's just pull it out here because i think it's worth just saying because it's so good he felt more at home, with joystick in each hand, pedals under each foot, and barely a foot between his face and the screen in front of him, as he cut through reality and air, zigzagging through access tunnels and the gaps between sections of the great white edifice. He could feel the systems and the ill health of his craft, in the same way a person who had driven the same car every day of his life might understand a specific shutter of their vehicle. Not that he had piloted this angel for long, it simply came naturally, easily, like stepping into a new house and finding it fit you exactly everything where it should be. There was no second guessing, no reaching for a switch and missing. I just love that. I just love that description of piloting this thing so much. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I start to repeat myself, but we've talked before about how Wildbow can f- like t- take some trope or some element or whatever. And, and it's almost as if he's going, what if I included this, but good. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and like, I think, I mean, you're, you're, uh, chronically not a fan of thing of of types of media that have mech in them mm-hmm. i'm gonna say vaguely, yeah, yeah um and and like and, and i often like i've liked some mech shows but like you watch it and you're just like i don't really believe that any of those controls have anything to do with the motions that the mech is making like it's a chronic problem where it'll be like look you have like a like 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 how do those controls cause the movements that I'm seeing in the mech when I zoom out? Mm-hmm. You know, but this is this is like perfect, right? Because he's like like the description of the cockpit and like the tactile sense of. Of the of just like the the shuddering of it and the, the 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 feeling of movement within it, the fact that he still feels gravity and G forces and everything, and like the weird feelings caused by all the technology, mm-hmm. the fact that he's like packed in with screens and he's got like all these switches and dials and joysticks and stuff. Yeah, it's it's just like yeah, I, I can buy that. I can buy that you're controlling this thing with with this like extremely complex interface that you you actually need like a power or at least like a teacher enhancement to be able to even use.
1: Yeah, especially especially taking a, a, you know a very classic but simple metaphor in the the person who's driven a car for very long, like the yeah. guy the guy that just knows his car, knows every bump, every rattle, every shutter of his car um and and taking it into this hyper tech vehicle. Yeah. I think is is a really good way of like it, it's a, it's an anchor, right? It's an anchor for people Like, cause I don't know, I don't know what it's like to drive a mech. Like I'm, I, I, I don't, there's no way, there's no way I could understand what that's like, but you tell me it's like someone that, uh, has this, had a car for a very long time and can feel, feel everything with the car. And immediately I have an anchor to that feeling. Immediately I have a way of placing that into something I understand. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much.
0: Yeah, that's really great writing. That's a great, a great technique. So as we're getting into Misha's world, we learn about the percentages that Misha has been keeping track of. One is the stress level, which means uh, something (laughs) to do with the fabric of reality, I guess. Uh, It's at 91 percent and it was formerly at 99 percent almost uh, before teacher gave orders that pushed it back down. The other number is even less defined for us. It somehow captures big incomprehensible threats Uh, Misha later refers to these numbers as the ceiling and the floor, uh, respectively, which I guess characterize the current level of instability caused by powers use that we've kind of heard about from other characters.
1: Yeah. And there's this idea that the top number, the ceiling can fluctuate up and down, but the floor doesn't seem like it's going to go down. Like once it goes, I think it specifically says once it goes up, it stays up. So every time it ticks upwards, it's not going, it's not going down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is really interesting, right? I, I thought about this for a while and I don't have a great guess. I mean, my initial, my initial reaction, as soon as I read this was like, oh, I bet every time we hit a hundred percent, like a broken trigger happens. And like, if the floor ever gets up to a hundred percent, uh, we're all boned. Um, I actually don't know how I feel about that after, you know, sitting with the chapters and thinking about it for a while. I think the big problem with this is we like teachers plan, is still so unknown to us, right? We have very loose understanding of what teachers is actually planning. So relating that to what these numbers are is very difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, saying we're all bone, it's like, does that mean like every earth everywhere shatters like an egg instantly or like, uh, the mega city is destroyed or, mm-hmm. or like, like what? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, so I I don't I don't know. I don't know. I I think it's like it's it's great because it's like this just constant, like textual awareness of how bad things are like throughout the entirety of this section. The numbers are ticking up both, both, both the ceiling and the floor are ticking up and Saint at least er, Misha at least acknowledges that part of his power usage is responsible for that. So we know that the usage of powers is causing these numbers to go up. Um, yeah. And the more power is being used, maybe in a confined space, the worse it gets. Um, and so, this big, giant, freaking battle is probably not great. But I mean, you, you wonder it's like, well, Teacher's causing this conflict. So, doesn't he like want that? But maybe he wants it at a certain time with a certain way, you know?
0: Yeah right i don't know, yeah, that, that's a good question that, that hadn't even really occurred to me that that part of his plan was making this battle happen, yeah, it's interesting I mean
1: one of, one of the things we know from what Amy says about him is that he's found a way to force a crack. In the in the 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 existence of the shards, right? Uh He's forced to crack and uh, he can he can intentionally create cracks and he's going to intentionally create more. She says each one gives him access to the system and more control over the levers and knobs that decide everything else. Um, So that's what he wants to do. And so maybe he doesn't want to rip the whole system down. He just wants control over it. So he's got to very carefully manage how he makes these cracks in that it could just cause the whole thing to shatter.
0: Yeah. Right. So is the crack, the crack isn't dauntless though. The crack is whatever he has in the, in the attic.
1: Yeah. But he could make, Amy says he could make force create dauntlesses. Okay. Anytime he wants. And the ones he makes will listen to him. I mean, there's this really weird, interesting thing she said here. And, and I mean, it's Amy, so we have to take it all with a, a little bit of a grain of salt, but she says every time she touches someone and looks into their power, She sees teacher. Uh, I Uh look at that broken, fragile landscape and I see teacher's hand in too many places with too many connections, too many networks and a massive hole in another world that he's elaborating on
0: Uh
1: um, is what she describes. And that's I mean, we didn't do a lot with this when it first came up because we just kind of didn't know what to do with it. But as we see the stuff he's doing here, I mean, that gets really interesting because, you know, we talked about the fact that. Contessa shut her power off intentionally and and when that happened part of me was like I mean why'd she do that like what what difference is and then it's like well teacher's gonna do it anyway and I was like okay but like why is it better for you to do it and I, I feel like he's got a way through these shard network thing that he's building to fuck with her via her power so her way to avoid that is to shut off her power from his access right Uh And so, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some networking shit going on here. Right. And that percentage could be will very well be um, network overload.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with everything you just said. And I also agree, like when when Amy first brought it up, we were just like, yeah, some to do with all the (laughs) shard stuff. Right. That's ominous. Um, Moving on. But I I think I think we are starting to get kind of a picture like, yeah, he's I mean, and I think we've known for some time also that that he kind of wanted to rebuild the shard network except with himself as the hub or mm-hmm. something along those lines, at least yeah. be in, be in control of the hub. Yeah. Be in control. You know, you could say make himself a new entity, but, um, maybe yeah. it's more nuanced than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like that there's still some ambiguity to it, right? It could, it could be a surprise. It could be a twist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder, you know, we we've, we've linked teacher so closely with cauldron. Part of me is like, is the twist going to be like, Actually, we think this is better for everybody, right. and it's not—it's not me selfishly grasping at power. I am just trying to help everyone else out, and you guys are the idiots that are standing in my way.
0: Sure, I—I legitimately think that teacher would think that. Yeah, like like I—I yeah. I think that he's like, yeah, of course. Like it—it's you basically have access to godlike levels of technology. You just have to have the will to grasp it. And I'm the only one equipped to do that, so I'm going to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think we'll see in this chapter in a little bit that uh, Misha at least thinks that, and so yeah. yeah, maybe that's why they're so aligned with teacher.
0: Yeah. So speaking of Misha, uh, he's trying to cheer up Saint who just lost a loved one.
1: Yeah, and I mean this, I, I I really like this because yeah. look, I don't like Saint Saints. I he bugs me. <laughs> yeah, but we're getting to see the real cost of the fighting on a different side than we've been seeing it on before. Right. Like we've seen the the consequences and the toll this is taking on breakthrough and um, here we're seeing like the toll that it's taking on the other side. And it's not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're right, but like this is tough. You lost your good friend and, and teacher and Saint is upset. He lost his friend. He, he made a promise to her and it didn't come true. And he's angry and upset. And, and there's this, this moment here that I love because again, I think it le- links back to breakthrough where Misha is, is desperately like speaking aloud, talking about tomorrow. Like we get through this, we get to tomorrow, tomorrow will be better. um, And this of course, immediately reminded me of Victoria who earlier in this arc itself was struggling and, and watching Kenzie struggle and said to herself, hold out, Kenzie, keep it together, do what you can and we'll get through this. We'll stop teacher, put this whole mess to rest and then look after the city like this, this hopeful like we get through today, we get through this and tomorrow will be better um, is something that both sides are thinking about right now. And I think that is the commonality. Like, yeah, these are the bad guys. They absolutely are the bad guys, no question. But they're people too, right? Like, I don't yeah. like Saint. Nobody likes Saint. But Saint's a Saint's a human being.
0: Yeah, I mean, even the people who think that they have free will, not still not convinced that that's true. Like, like, I don't know. I mean, Saint always thought that that teacher had no hold on him. Yeah, and that and that was not true. Like, maybe maybe now it's true because he has the black goat. Sure. Um, but there's no reason to assume that he's being honest with people. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the only person who can actually know for sure is Scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, true. And Teacher, so, yeah. yeah. Um. So, they, uh, they basically go about the process of trying to cheer up Saint by attacking Legend's unit, uh, supporting a Yangban squad that is already pressuring his group
1: did we know uh, l- that the Yangban were teacher Nope. I don't
0: think so. That's don't new? I don't think so. Uh, cool. Maybe, maybe. But we no, I don't have. think so. It might have been like told um, in
1: passing, I think. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, now it's sounding familiar now that you mention it, but I don't know. So, legend, though, hard to put down, Slippery Fellow. You blast through the floor of the platform to rain hellfire on the mechs and the Yangban. I um, like
1: Legend, Matt. I've always yeah. liked Legend. I think he's a cool
0: dude. Yeah, I love I love that he's sort of, like, given his due in this chapter. Yeah. Um, like, specifically now when Teacher calls him off the fight versus Legend on the grounds that he wants to keep Legend occupied, not mm-hmm. to push him to desperation. Because he's like, hey, look, if you push him, he's going to destroy this whole facility, this whole enormous facility, because yeah. he's fucking incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to be able to defeat him. You're just going to piss him off. Um, so they retreat and uh, they repair and they talk.
1: Yeah, but it's interesting that like they also say that I want a chance to talk with him to try to win him over to our side. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if, if we if he feels like he's at a stalemate, he'll get frustrated and attempt to open a dialogue. And that's when I got him and wonder. Uh, part of me is like, is he going to like try to mind control him or does he just honestly think he can convince legend that his way is the right way? You know, that, I mean, that was. Int-
0: yeah. I mean, my thought was like. Not 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 convince in the sense of just like pretty words, but just be like, look, this is what I have in the attic. And then then legend, like whatever it is, it's going to be something so like overwhelming to hear that legend will be like, oh, oh shit. (laughs) I guess, Yeah.
1: I I like that. But I mean, there is this line where like Misha pipes in and says, like, I don't think you're going to convince legend to be on your side. He's not the man. He's er, he's not the person he was before. Yeah. And I found that line really interesting. I was like, why? What happened to him? And for a while there, I was like, what does that mean? What is it? What is it not? And and my interpretation of it now, and I'm not even 100 percent confident on this, is that like he's not the legend that went along with Cauldron before. Yeah. Like he's he's a person that has learned the error that ways and he's not going to do that kind of thing again.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think he spent some time coming to grips with how and why he was able to to be that person yeah. and and look the other way in yeah. so many situations I' and just he's been giving him a second chance
1: I just think the connotation of that is is usually so negative right like like he's not the person he's been he was before is like meaning he's lost a step so like my initial read of it was like, well what do you mean by that how is he worse than he was before and of course from their perspective he is worse because he's not he's not as able to be convinced of their rightness right right. Yeah, I just, yeah. I
0: just I liked that a whole lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, so, yeah, Misha's so damn interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to quote this whole bit. Misha was unsure what to say. They'd taken so many lives today, the lives of well-intentioned but misguided people, and he'd felt anxious. It was a bad word for something that important, but he did believe in souls, and he did believe that no soul could extinguish a life without being intrinsically injured. They'd taken so many lives today. So many. Yet he couldn't tell Saint that Mag's dying was a relief, a balancing of the scales. Such an interesting perspective. I love it.
1: I love it. I love I love the perspective. I think you're absolutely right. That I love this line like the lives of well intentioned but misguided people. That's exactly what we were talking about earlier, that that Misha and the Dragon Slayers, you know, believe that they're on the side of good and everyone else is actually on the bad side. Um they mean well, but they're wrong. Um and that's kinda yeah. always been the Dragon Slayers, right? They've always yeah. been convinced of dragon's evilness and 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 uh inevitable power seize and destruction of the the world and so they've always been on the right side and everyone else you know they meant well but you're wrong and we have to stop you and now they've kind of found a person that in teacher that feeds into that
0: wouldn't you feel kind of justified too if if like the world ends and then dragon basically appears to seize control of so, so many of like the good side resources and, and is like in control of the whole internet and you're like, Oh God, yeah sure. this is a terrible situation. You know? Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I love like the writing here is so good. I think the repetition is what really works on me, right? Like they have taken so many lives today is repeated verbatim in its own line. And I think that really emphasizes it. And then the so many we repeated a third yeah. time. Um, yeah. I mean, like. Once again, he's this interesting character. Like, uh, he believes in a soul. Like, uh, like no soul could extinguish a life without being intrinsically injured. And therefore, his soul, dragons, or uh, saint soul, have been horribly scarred by everything that's happened. And so, yeah. on, on some level, it feels right that one of them had to pay for that.
0: Right. Right. Um, I mean, also this interesting language of um, a balancing of the scales, yeah. which stands alone here and it works perfectly fine without being connected to anything. But also you can't help but notice that, uh, another character in this very chapter is always talking about balancing equations and yep, such.
1: You're absolutely right. So
0: Suddenly in the middle of their heart to heart, they're ambushed by Sveta and her harbinger. Sveta shreds saint, uh, very satisfyingly, <laughs> uh, as the harbinger single-handedly takes the mech apart with a fucking slingshot. Woo-hoo. OK, well, Kinsey has a hand in things, of course.
1: Yeah. And of course, Contessa, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about is Contessa told Sveta that Saints got like a thing. Or I don't know if it's around his neck or whatever. He's got like an override thing and you just pull that out and plug it into the ship. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's what she does. Thanks, <laughs> Contessa.
0: I like that. The sound of like a wet towel landing, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's Sveta, she's here.
1: Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: right. That's so. Great. Um, and then this, this is like the best thing in the world, and and also the worst, I guess. Um, as as Misha's Mac is is taken over and and crippled by by Kenzie, uh the text appears. I'm sorry about your friend from the Michael Three. I'm losing two friends today. Pretty sure. I think I know how it feels. I hope we don't kill you. You made some really pretty robots. <laughs> and you're just like,
1: <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, the, God, there's something so perfect in the writing here to me. Like this whole thing, like it's a, it's a struggle. Like he realizes that something's taking over his machine, and he's convinced it's dragon or a or worse, a dragon like built AI like oh god she's propagating now um, yeah. and it's like his worst fear come true and then what appears on the screen hi yeah. and in that instant we the reader know exactly who it is right it's like yeah. oh it's Kenzie it's Kenzie um, yeah. and there's a moment of real happiness there but yeah I mean this 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 thing she says is is sad and scary and tragic and like I'm losing two friends today pretty sure and I love that I love that like I love the difference in between saying I'm pretty sure I'm losing two friends today and I'm losing two friends today pretty sure, right? Like yeah. I don't I don't know why, but just like the the structure of those two sentences as as opposed to combining them into one thing really just like extends the beat a little longer and I think makes it makes it hit harder, makes it more tragic. Um it's just like a little little mini decision there that I think really helped steal this moment for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I thought just having all of the screens display like a nauseating violet and blue moire. Yeah. Was like a very Kinsey touch of Absolutely. like, yeah, that's that's what you would do.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So pretty much from the moment the Contessa guided attack commences, things go awry for the two mech pilots. Mishu manages to catch the falling Saint, but the action puts him in range of Legend, causing him to crash land in the midst of the yangban which enables legend to just win that fight outright and Misha surrenders.
1: Yeah. And I think this is actually a really important moment that the wild bow has created here because the, the, the mech goes flying off the over, over the edge. It's falling. Um, Saint jumps after it, get hit, just trying to climb into it, gets knocked off. So both Saint and the mech are crashing towards the ground. Um, the mech is going to slam into the platform where the Yangban are uh, basically killing a whole bunch of people and eliminating all of Legends resistance or Saint is going to die. And so Misha is almost given his own troll- trolley problem here, right? He can save Saint and the mech lands and kills a bunch of people. Or he can, st- he can stop the mech wing from smashing into the platform and let Saint die. Um, that's his choice. And yeah. he chooses to save his friend and his boss and his fam- family, I guess. Are they family? I guess they're family. Yeah, sure. They're family.
0: Sure, sure, sure. He
1: chooses to save his teammate. He makes the choice. He makes the choice to save the one person and let the wing fall, killing a whole bunch of other people and losing their team the The battle they lost. So he, he chose if this is a trolley problem, he chose to let that trolley run into those five people. Yeah. Um, And I think that's interesting in in this, in this, this arc where our heroes just, you know, declined to make a choice, um, which, which, I mean, we called it a trolley problem last week. And I think the more we thought about that, I think you and I agree that Contessa's choice to them is not really a trolley problem in the classical meaning of the phrase, unless we're just defining trolley problem as anytime you must choose between options, which is like yeah. defeats the entire purpose of what it means.
0: Right. Yeah. No. there's, there's, there's specific weird things about trolley problems that make them weird, which is why this is actually a little bit more of one. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. he, he has to kind of make the active choice to, um, to do what he's going to do just to smash into this platform. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, what's what's funny is it makes him a little, a little bit more like likable that he's willing sure. to to <laughs> smash all these people for his friend because it's like, well, at least you're human enough to have a friend. Right. Yeah. I mean, he like doesn't
1: he doesn't make the utilitarian choice. Right. Yeah. He doesn't make the the choice that says, you know, sacrifice the few for the many.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and mean, he, he throws the whole battle, really. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I mean, this is one of the I mean, his humanity, his willingness to sacrifice to save his friend is is kind of the linchpin that Contessa's power was was playing off of right yeah so what What you're saying
1: is that's bad and you should have you should have just let his friend die
0: (laughs) well it's bad that's what the perspective of winning (laughs) battles I mean (laughs) (laughs) that's I mean I hope we don't have to live our every aspect of our lives as if we're in a battle I guess is one one thing I'll say here um (laughs) touche so uh, then they, we switch over to Sveta's point of view, and she's injured. She's in a lot of pain, and uh, the harbinger confronts her looking for something, and she says, I don't believe in order or tallies staring out over the edge into oblivion. I like art, creativity, ideas, kindness. I know I'm not rational, but rational gave birth to this. Rational gave birth to everything good, too. Rationality gave birth to every problem we're dealing with now.
1: All right, Matt, you ready to fight? You ready to yeah, fight? Let's go. Let's do let's it. Go.
0: All right, stretching out.
1: Hey, guys, we basically agree with each other on this. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, sorry, everyone. Um, no, I mean, I, here's the thing about this. Um, both characters have a different definition of what rationality is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, uh, Kenzie seems to have kind of the like straw man version of like Sveta. Uh, what did I say? Sveta, yes, I said Kenzie, uh, Yeah, S- S- Sveta seems to to think that rational is just like that which is devoid of emotion, and and then and then uh, Jeff seems to have a conception of rationality which is just like um, everything that is good and smart, and 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 good decision making and decisions that don't lead to bad things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly. If you want me to to define the, the like the definition of rationality that I personally hew to, it would be like yeah, just like whatever leads to making smart, good decisions. But we know also that number lads are not actually rational; they're like super twisted, and they they are like pursuing insane goals, like yeah. balancing, like putting somebody's eyes out because they were disrespected. Um, so they both have their own pretty idiosyncratic ideas here. Yeah, and, I mean, let's yeah.
1: let's be as clear as possible. The idea that art, creativity, and kindness cannot exist in in within rational mindsets is just objectively false. Like yeah. I can say that because you consider yourself a person seeking rationality, and you like art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the example of why that is wrong is. On the microphone talking to right. me right now, so that is wrong, Sveta. I, I'm sorry, and I and I know I understand where that comes from. It comes from you know frustration, anger, disappointment, and cauldron disappointment in this whole thing. Her her central trauma. I get it all. I totally get it. You're wrong, um, but I also I also think the, the, I also think Jeff is wrong a little bit. Yeah, um, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a true rational, a true, a true rationality has to encompass like, okay, what is it to be human? And as we pursue the aims of rationality, we have to be pursuing that which is human and that which is humane. And Cauldron and the number boys are not really doing that. They're pursuing this very like, like, uh, Almost alien kind of of utilitarianism where it's really just like the the bottom line, the lives, the the number of lives. Sure. Yeah. And that's such an anemic conception of of one utilitarianism and two rationality. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I reject that as being anything like what I'm talking about when I talk about rationality. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the biggest problem here is that it's just like getting people to agree on one central definition when they're having these arguments is basically impossible because yeah. even you just said there that you have your own definition whenever you're talking about these things and everybody does. So yeah, that, that is where that is. I, I love that. The, you know, the more, the more we've talked on the internet and the more conversations we've had with people, the more we've realized how often internet disagreements are really just arguments of definition. And that is exactly what this is. Oh, yeah. Um, I I
0: mean, I would say it's more more, like more than half of Internet disagreements. Yeah. But
1: I mean, I do. I do this idea that like like only irrationality leads the leads to problems. Rationality never leads to problems, I think is just wrong. <laughs> like it's, right. like, that's just not true. Uh, right. Like, I mean, you, you could, ar- from a certain point of view, you could argue that what the entities are doing has a certain rationality to it. They are trying to defeat entropy, right? They, yeah. like, they are trying to solve the, the biggest problem of the universe. Yeah, um, sure. And, and therefore if the stakes are the universe, what does it matter if you kill a few hundred billion people
0: <laughs> right I mean yeah especially if you just care about your species and yeah. don't care about other species like yeah, yeah. sure fine the entities that,
1: are the cauldron of the universe yeah
0: I mean I mean like literally if, if you define if you define your ethics such that only your p- people uh, have value then it is quote-unquote rational to do horrible things but yep. like that's that's I that, that is not a definition that I like it or is, that I would use it
1: is wrong so, i'm I am yeah. willing to put my foot down and say it is yeah. it is wrong, yeah. yeah, yeah so
0: yeah, cool but I, I do
1: think here here's what I'll say about this as we kind of sorry this is not in the script this, we're already going <laughs> along, but I think I think the world needs people like Sveta and I think the world needs people not exactly like Contessa or number man, but people that are willing to make those choices. Right? Like, I think the world needs both of those people. We're talking about like Sveta's unwillingness to make that big choice. Right? Yeah. Unwillingness to say, to say, to look at three hard choices and say, okay, I will choose one. She doesn't want to do that. She doesn't want to be that person. I think we need people that push back at the idea of, of, well, sometimes you just have to make the bad choices, but I do think we need people that sometimes they're just willing to say, OK, somebody has to make this choice. I'm going to be the one to do it. Yeah, I think we I think I mean, the world needs yeah. both of those people.
0: Right. I mean, you kind of hope that the president of, you know, whatever country you're living in is the kind of person who's willing to make those choices. But I think you also hope that there's at least one. Sveta in the room. Yeah. When they're making that choice. I
1: couldn't have said it better. But actually, absolutely. Totally I, agree.
0: I kind of. Yeah. I mean, we've we've been bouncing that idea back and forth all day. But yeah, that's 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 kind of it. Yeah. So Cool. Um, all right.
1: So, but this is it, Matt. This is the yeah. moment that we've been waiting for since the beginning of the arc.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Which number boy is with Sveta?
0: Which Number is four it? or number Jeff? Jeff?
1: <laughs> number Jeff.
0: And uh, so I, I just like this exchange where um, Sveta is scared. Like she's rightly scared. She says, can you give me a chance to... Say something. I don't know why I'd even try when it hasn't worked in the past. Nothing, nothing I say gets through. No, the boy agreed, but something else did get through. It's their plan, not mine. They want to kill you, and I'd like to help you. Um, so, <laughs> looks like it's Jeff.
1: It's Jeff, the nice number boy. Yep. Yeah, I I love this. Like, there's just just this, this. Like, she's realized she's dead, right? Like, she, she's yeah. dead. This he's gonna come here to kill her. And she's just in her last moment is like, can I say something? And Nothing I say, nothing I say matters. Nothing I say gets through. Nothing I say it, 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 it changes anything. And it's this resigned defeat. And, and yeah. the, thing, the thing that I love is he doesn't say like, no, you got through to me. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah, you're right. Um, something else happened, though. Something I didn't plan on. Something happened to me. And it, it's not because of what, your words. Right. But it is because of you.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I didn't I didn't quite see it that way, but yeah, you're right. That's exactly what he's saying. That's funny. <laughs> and and I love the setup of the scene where the only real hope she has in the situation is that legend of all people. Uh, yeah. Um who she basically hates yeah. is is coming into view and she's like maybe he can help, but then she's like do I even want that? Um, yeah, I like yeah, this no, like this he's yeah.
1: he's closer to an ally to the harbinger than he is to me. Yeah. She says of legend.
0: Yeah. Which um, uh, I don't know if that's entirely fair, but. No, I don't think it's um, fair at all. I just think that's uh,
1: that's her hatred of culture. Uh, coming Absolutely.
0: Out. Absolutely. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. So she. Yeah. I mean, then chapter wraps up with her deciding uh, she's going to trust Jeff or who we really hope is Jeff and is not number four playing a weirdly complicated long con that. I don't know why he would do that.
1: Don't you fucking put that in my head, Matt. <laughs> don't you do that. It's Jeff the nice number boy. I,
0: I mean, I, I I don't see why why four would do that if he were yeah, anyway. Yeah. Let's just move on. Um you know, sometimes I tire myself out with <laughs> with the with the double red herring reverse Chekhov's guns. No, but I think that this I is, dream up.
1: I do want to say one more thing as we close though. Like legend says thank the powers that be, right? Thank mm-hmm. the powers that be. And That's a loaded fucking statement in this world, right? Uh Like in our world, thank the powers that be is just like, thank God. Thank, thank the unknowable powers that, that exist up there. But this is, it's very loaded in this world. And she agrees with him. Thank the powers that be like these people that she hates, these people that she can't stand. I think this is growth for her. Like to, to Uh say, to say to Jeff, yeah, let's go to say to Jeff is, yeah, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let you come with me. She agreed with legend. Thank the powers that be as terrifying as it was. Um, So like, I I think it's like an under an understanding that like, this is a shitty situation, but it's a situation we're in and we have to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and I think she hasn't been, impractical throughout this whole thing like yeah. we talked about this before like she refused to make the choice but she didn't refuse to go along with the orders sure right so yeah I, I think she I don't know I, I I we're I think we weirdly and somewhat unexpectedly have both kind of aligned behind Sveta <laughs> uh, which is a very unpopular opinion so you know
1: you know you know what I was see
0: all in the subreddit but
1: but here's here's the thing audience I love you all and you know what I loved a lot of you don't agree with me on this, and that's cool. You don't agree with either of you on this. Y'all were really nice last week. I yeah. was worried that people were going to be mad at us and yelling at us um, and sending us nasty emails and stuff, and y- y'all didn't do that. A lot of you yeah. disagreed with us, and that's cool, but I thought you made good points, and you argued your disagreement well, and you didn't do it in a way that was like, hey, you're stupid, and yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that.
0: Right. And I can see the merits to pretty much every position here. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I think this is a good opportunity to segue on into the discussion question because sure. that's kind of what we're already talking about, frankly. Yeah. So so the previous discussion question from last week was, uh, what would you, you choose and why? Um, so um going to do things a little bit unusual today um, just because, first of all, it would take like a, a Jesuit to untangle all of the complex and and like multifactorial answers that each of you gave. Um, not saying that you wrote them badly. I'm just saying it's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Like you want me to summarize your already long and complicated posts. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm I not that competent. So what I've done <laughs> is we're going to go through like what everyone voted. And then and then I'm just going to highlight some like general lines of thought that I saw repeated here and there in the answers.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you'll know um, now that when next week you're like, oh my god, Ashley's dead. Who's responsible for this? We'll be able to identify who in the Reddit thread is responsible for killing Ashley, and exactly. by name, and uh, you can message them and tell them yes. it's all their fault.
0: Yes. All right. The A's who agree with me: uh, Collinero, nine eight five, googleplexbite and C The B's: subaloo Rorschach, Roadkill, roundest Frog, Death of the Artist. Ex das novo and Placid Platypus. Uh, and The Seas, July 83, GFE 98, Confusion Seap Pans, Predatorian, Ace of Sword, Stelhex, Lost Man 138, and Bregelad HS. And uh, the remainder, uh, Sarah Penguin, I think, basically sided with Sveta. Yeah. And forgive me if I have f- forgotten someone or misunderstood what you were actually voting for. The fact is that... Like they're, it's complicated. <laughs> Many of you seem to vacillate between two options, which is fine. Like, like, so did I, but it made it difficult <laughs> for me to, <laughs> to be like, and therefore your vote is B, you know? Yeah. So anyway,
1: I think the important part though, is that, uh, if Contessa had said path to knowing what the Reddit thread would pick, uh, they picked C. So yeah. seems like which C was what- the most popular one.
0: Which is what the team picked.
1: Yeah. uh, well, B with a close second, right? I mean, I think yeah. B is like, B is very much the long-term stability choice, right? Like yeah. Lots of short-term tragedy, long-term stability. Yeah. Um, yep. And a lot of people went for that. And I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes, you're just hanging out with Calinero and Googleplex and, and SNES. Just I just like your, the
0: idea. I just like the idea of all of our main characters dying. I don't know what's wrong with that. <laughs> Um, you
1: monster.
0: So, first of all, uh, line of thinking number one was basically Contestus seems to have taken th- like their three specific stated needs and then turned those into three choices where any given choice delivers two out of the three needs. So, presumably, cho- like achieving all three is not possible. Mm-hmm. So, th- this suggests that there could have or would have been some room to specify better needs. Yeah. And that's something that that we saw a bunch of times, like this idea that like you challenge Contessa, be like, Hey, like, okay. uh, I don't like any of that very much, but maybe we can reframe this. Can we do
1: a mulligan and (laughs) and try again, ask again later?
0: Yeah. I mean, and and to me, to me that should be acceptable because you're like, okay, I have, I have learned information in the course of, of asking these questions and getting these answers. I am now asking better questions, Yeah, um, but they don't get a chance to do that. I mean,
1: I think it is a good point though, that like you can't, do that into perpetuity right like there has to be a, a line you draw eventually like you can't just sit true. around for a day until you've refined the question down
0: true true um i mean i guess if even in this situation it seems like they had time to ask maybe like one more round of questions that maybe they didn't you know maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that was it yeah So
1: yeah uh the you next. want to read the next one
0: Sure, sure. All
1: right, the next little line of thinking is that verbally and vaguely outlining the three options is a problem for several reasons. One is that everyone seems to have have read slightly different things into the options. How bad is the rule by villains period? What are the odds that teacher accomplishes his plan or a similar plan a year later if he gets away now? Why include specific details about who will die, details which will almost certainly skew choices? On top of this, there's a question of what exactly is Contessa doing here? Just avoiding responsibility or is it all part of the path so this is I think this I, I like that this like pretty much lines up with a lot of our conversation um yeah a lot a lot of what people are saying so it makes me yeah. feel good about my opinions thanks guys
0: yeah yeah right and, and I mean I agree completely like just the 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 way this was portrayed was almost guaranteed to just throw people into chaos you know and yeah yeah and then so the next uh, line of, of reasoning was a lot of people were annoyed by Sveta's choice not to choose. Uh, GFE 98 went so far as to say it makes no sense unless you have a supernatural worldview like Tolkien, meaning like you expect hope to be able to win the day. Yeah,
1: like you catastrophe is a thing that can happen. Yeah.
0: Right. And uh, new commenter Rorschach Roadkill uh, compared it to a kind of like Pollyanna-ish worldview that you see in certain real life people who... Um, instead of having real political convictions, just sort of seem to behave as though they believe everything is going to turn, turn out. Okay. So why worry about it or do anything about it? Yeah. And, and that, that, that this uh, commenter finds that very frustrating in real life and therefore finds it frustrating to see in a story. And I can empathize with that. Um, yeah, certainly. I'm, I'm not sure if I see Svetza's choice the same way as either of, of these folks do. And I think I, already kind of explained why, uh, yeah, over the last two hours, but, um, I, I also do empathize with, with, uh, their position.
1: Yeah. I kind of think at the end of the day, the, the statement that Sveta makes that I disagree with the most throughout this entire thing is, can't we just hope that everything's going to be okay? Um, and, and, that's the one we really latched onto last week as something I, I think is admirable and I want to love, but there's, there's a big, however there. Um, yeah. And 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 what I what I will say is I don't think Sveta actually ends up doing that, right? I don't think Sveta just sits back and says, Let's just hope everything's gonna be okay. She she agrees with the plan and principle. She just de- doesn't want to be the one to make that call. Yeah. So
0: yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So so yeah, I mean, basically, uh everyone please sprinkle your credit amongst all of those sentences that I just said. <laughs> And uh, feel sprinkle
1: sprinkle your credit, take responsibility for those, um, as you will, kind of (laughs) like Contessa.
0: Exactly. Um, So the new discussion question for next week, when considering important, big questions, do you Sveta or do you Harbinger?
1: So the funny thing about this question is I read it before we had this talk and I really honestly thought you were like specifically setting things up to like cause a fight between you and me. Cause I really thought you were like making it very clear that you are going to be like, no Harbinger. Good. Sveta, bad, Um, and then we have this whole conversation. So now I'm like, what are you doing here, Matt? Yeah, but no, I this think is, this is interesting.
0: I think, I think you were primed on our Twitter exchange earlier today, which was <laughs> which mainly was, just was for joking. the lulls. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, everyone go check that out. That was fun. That was fun. Well, Uh, That's all we got for you this week on We've Got Ward, and you guys are all part of this show, so feel free to provide us with advice, questions, or thoughts on this week's reading.
1: You can reach out to us via our email account at gotwormpod at gmail.com or over on our Twitter at gotwormpod. My personal Twitter is at scottdaily85, and Matt's is at um, (laughs) rationalityking07.
0: The Last Rationalist is my new identity.
1: The Last Rationalist. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Um, and if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, we strongly recommend you do so so that you never miss an episode. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. And, um, yeah, go do that.
1: And, as always, you can find all the shows we do at our website, newfmedia.com. And, guys, once again, we got new shows. Media MD joined us a week ago. Uh, do the Right Thing joined us this week. We're growing. We've got new stuff. It's, it's got it, guys. It's so exciting. Um, we love that we're bringing all this stuff to you, and we hope you guys are enjoying it. We really strongly encourage you to check out Do the Right Thing. Um, if you haven't read Pact yet, still go read Deep Impact. Listen to Deep Impact and do them. Um, guys, so much good content on that website. Doofmedia.com. Check it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I want to say, like, even if you don't think of yourself as a writer, just like go do the thirty-minute thing. It's fun. Like if you like, it's super fun.
1: The whole point of it is, it's okay that your writing sucks because it was only half an hour.
0: Yeah. Like very few, very ex-
1: few people are going to be able to write a good story in half an hour. That's kind of the point.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Nobody expects it to be good, and you will learn something. You will learn something about writing. Sure. That you didn't know before. I I have I have written. I don't remember. It's something like 20 episodes. I don't remember exactly. Maybe it's only 10, whatever. And I learned something every single time, every single story. And I will say you
1: will learn something about writing, whether you participate or not. Of course, participate. Uh, They want everyone to participate. It makes their show better. But I think personally, as a person who's listened to dozens of these episodes and never written one of the prompts, um, (laughs) I just find it fascinating listening to people talking about the process of writing and what they learned. In the process. So yeah, do the right thing. Give it a shot. Do the awesome do the subscribe thing.
0: Yeah, do the subscribe thing. And uh please consider donating to Patreon.com slash doofmedia in order to support uh this show, the Doofcast, do the right thing, Deep Impact, Media MD, any of these awesome shows. You can donate a dollar a month or whatever else you can afford. Supporting us on Patreon gives you tons of great bonuses like the ability to vote in our fan art contest q and a sessions um access to live streams of our recordings um and the excellent discord chat uh where we hang out Mm -hmm. and of course head over to Wildbo's patreon account patreon.com slash Wildbo, and donate to him as well this is his world we're just struggling with moral conundrums in it again
1: (laughs) again as always just so we think we got away from them they're back
0: (laughs) uh special thanks to new patrons this week uh bidoof Fiona McCool at the $1 level and new Doof Troop member uh, Dakota M at the $10 level. Thank you so much, both of you. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we do. Thanks, guys. Especially Fiona McCool, which is like (laughs) the best name ever. I love it. Yeah. Um. And if you cannot afford to donate right now, that's OK, guys. You can instead help us out by sharing the podcast with your friends, sharing Ward with your friends. I mean, really, if you share this book with your friends, everybody wins true. Um, and then maybe they'll listen to the podcast, too. And that'll be neat. Uh, but you can also head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever other podcasting platforms also have an independent review system and leave us a rating and a review. We don't have any new reviews to read this week once again. So we need you guys to get on it and we'll read them Whether they're good yeah. or bad be honest be brutal I can take it I'll Only <laughs> cry a little bit
0: Uh, But please actually just don't Do that though yeah just write a nice one But anyway that's it for the show this week We'll be back next week uh, With more of ARK15 Dying
1: another interlude Who's Going to die next week Matt
0: um, I can't tell you <laughs>
1: You've read it already, you bastard.